Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. AVR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. 
Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. live from the Flint Hills of Kansas, and we're on the American Voice Radio Network. Today's date is June 30th, 2016. time at the end, and that's the time before Messiah's glorious return. So it's time to get out of sin in the world and look to the holy city. Look to the one who suffered and died for you. Hear the sound of the shofar. Heed the warning. Get right now before it's too late. Please make this choice tonight. If you need help after this program, call me. I'll pray for you or with you. If you get the machine, please leave your name, your number, prayer request, and or message. The phone number, of course, is 620-878-4682. And an emergency, my cell phone number is 316-619-4886. 
You know, you can always find updates of the breaking news, our ministry, radio program archives, and our mailing address at our blog, which is simply prophecyhour.com. That's prophecyhour.com. Remember, we are a national satellite radio program, which is simulcast live on the net internationally. So please pray about supporting radio airtime. Airtime isn't free. And we also have to pay for the podcast that things go in after we do satellite radio. So all these things aren't free. And we are a ministry that does not sell anything. So pray about supporting airtime. And we know tomorrow um, our satellite adventure uh your airtime that you're listening to right at this moment is due tomorrow. And the other one is due for the podcast site that you, most of you folks, well, a lot of you folks go and listen at and download to your cell phones. Well, that's due towards the end of the month, and that's upwards towards $1,000 to get that paid somewhere up there real close. So anyway, pray about supporting that. And remember, at our at our uh, prophecyhour.com, you can find our email address, and so you can also send me your prayer request by email with your phone number, and I'll call you back, and we'll work it out. Also, if you if you want, we can print that out, and we can take it to the Mission Church, and we'll anoint it with oil during prayer circle, and we will pray on it, and then if you want it back, we can send it back to you. Uh, if you include your address at no charge to you, nor will we ever send you anything else unless you request it, so we won't use your address for solicitation. We don't do that. The only solicitation you're going to get is when you listen to the radio and I say, hey, we need your help. Anyway, on another note, I want to thank our listener bases worldwide in places like China, Guyana, Kaduna, Nigeria, Cali, Colombia, Paris, France, Israel, Dubai, United Arab Emirates, San Jose, California, Newark, New Jersey, New York, New York, Dallas, Texas, Plano, Texas. Actually, we've got a lot of listeners all over Texas. Denver, Colorado, Chicago, Illinois, and as well as Wichita, Kansas, which still remains the largest group of listeners, at least when our radio programs get to that podcast site that I was talking about later uh, uh, earlier. Anyway, now a prayer, and I'm really excited to get our guest on tonight and talk about this subject. Dear Heavenly Father, in Yeshua HaMashiach's name, I pray. Tonight, I pray for all the people that are listening out there, Father, that you open their ears and their hearts to where they can understand the truth. And I pray radio goes according to your will, Father, and not our will. In Yeshua HaMashiach's name, amen and amen. Well, what if the Temple Mount was not related to Temple Mount? We talked about this with Ken Klein when we talked about the video that he put out called the Lost Temple of the Jews. That program was a huge uh, hit. People are still downloading it by the hundreds and thousands. Um, so people want to know. Well, today we talk with Bob Corky about his latest book that challenges as well as changes everything about the true location of Solomon's Temple. Ergo, also the Temple Mount. At least that is what the evidence does seem to say. I read the book, and you know, folks, I also went online and did some research about what he was saying, and it sure seems to add up, let alone now we have two witnesses. Bob Corky is a former police investigator and SWAT team member. He's a biblical investigator, international explorer, and author of nine books. He's participated in over 50 expeditions around the world searching for lost locations described in the Bible. These, injure, these journeys including, uh, include searching for Mount Sinai in Egypt, Saudi Arabia, looking for the remains of Noah's Ark in Turkey with astronaut Jim Irwin, 
the eighth man to walk on the moon, and researching Assyrian and Babylonian flood accounts in Iran. Bob has appeared on National uh, Geographic Channel, CBS, NBC, Dateline, Good Morning America. This seems to go on and on, and even on Ripley's, believe it or not. Um, so Bob is currently the president of Base Archaeology, uh, Archaeology Search and Exploration Institute, located in Colorado Springs, Colorado. So I bet I missed a lot about him. So let's just bring on Bob and see what he has today. So Bob, are you there with me? Yes, we're here. Uh, it's great to be here, and thank you for having me. Yeah, amen. I could go on with, with all the list of the things you did and everything. Uh, we could have wasted about 15 minutes or so of the program uh, just doing all that. You're, you're quite the world traveler, back to you. Well, I, I've been off, I've been a few places. Uh, you know, I, I started off with this uh, Bible adventure stuff uh, years ago when I was a police officer. I... Uh, I, I, I just loved investigations, and then when I happened to meet uh, Jim Irwin, the astronaut that walked on the moon, and he invited me to go look for Noah's Ark that kind of lit the flame right there that's that, that still burning. So I have been on a lot of expeditions. You just said I had nine books. I just, uh, in, in two weeks, I'll have my tenth book out called Golgotha, and you can get that on Amazon, and that's, uh, that's about where Christ was crucified. Because if the temple is in the city of David, then, whoa, we got to recalibrate everything. It's, it's a game changer, and it's really shaken up uh, things over in Jerusalem. Yeah, amen. I, after I, you know, I read your book, and then after I read your book, I don't know why, why I did. I watched the video by Ken Klein, and so it's been foremost in my mind. And then I found your book because I started to look for other research, and then you kindly sent me the book. I read it. And then so I thought, well, I'm going to Google some of this stuff and see if I can find anybody that's talking about it. And uh, uh, there's a lot of information out there that really is, and what you're saying really does add up. What also is out there is some very, very angry people that does not like the research that you're doing. Back to you. Yeah, I, I you know, when I was a policeman, we, we had uh, different officers from different investigators from different parts of the you know, different part of the, you know, area of L.A. and Orange County there, and we all work together. I, that's not true in archaeology uh, and, and scholarship. Boy, they, they do not want to have somebody new offering something. They are very, very angry when someone presents something new. They're not looking for information to help them make a decision. Uh, they're looking for confirmation from others to justify an opinion that they already have. And that yeah. was really shocking to me when I found that, that, that they, if they've written a book, like there's a man that wrote a book on the temple, and it's a big old thick book with about a million footnotes, and he has just gone on the Internet on a rampage trying to stop me from getting any traction. Uh, but there's a lot of people there that are saying, wait a second, uh, <laughs> you know, uh -huh. his, his agendas aside, this, this is making sense. And if this is true, it changes everything in the Middle East. Yeah, absolutely. Let me tell, tell the folks something about that's really special about your book. Um, the, I like, I really love your style of writing because you know you put your you put us into your thought process of how you came about finding it and why you went to the next thing and how you felt at the time. And that's brother. That's not only is it, it facts there, but it's realism that makes it jump out at you. Back to you. Well, thanks. I, you know, I, I, I was 50 years, I'm 65 now, 
and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty young 65. I still get around pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm just ran, ran. I just was over in uh, Jordan and Israel, some people over there for two weeks, and I just, yeah, I'm just so excited about what we're finding. It's, it's, a, it's really uh, this, this, this information really re-energizes me in a way that I never thought. You know, so uh, you know, if, if, if we're right on this, if we're right, and I think we are. This will change everything in the Middle East. And, and you know, the first thing that has to fall, and a prophecy, and I know your prophecy uh, station here, is that, is that uh, you know, the, the Antichrist has to go into the, into the temple and cease uh, temple sacrifices and declare himself God. And that's yeah. the first thing, you know, that, that's the first domino. And, uh, wow, uh, no one's going to build a temple now on the Temple Mount because that's controlled by... The Muslims. So, boy, are, are, are we looking at a possibility of having a discovery here that's going to change everything? Yeah, it's a, it, it is a complete game changer, and for that reason, and, and at, at, at a time like this. So let's let's go uh, backwards a little bit, and for the people, so you know, we make sure everybody knows what we're talking about. Um, tell them about what the current Temple Mount is, and what it, and we'll go from there. What is the Temple Mount? Well, that's 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 the million dollar question. I'm glad you asked it. Most of the people interview me don't even ask that, so uh, that's that's a sign of a good interviewer there. Um, the Temple Mount is a 36 acre high walled complex with massive stones, tens of thousands of stones. That uh, that 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 you know, if you've seen pictures of Jerusalem, uh, you see that big gold dome. Uh, that iconic image of a gold dome, that is the Temple uh, Mount area. That's, that gold dome is the, uh, is the uh, Dome of the Rock, and it's the Mosque of Omar. Uh, so that, that area is, is believed by the Muslims to, believe, to be the place where uh, Muhammad went to heaven aboard his horse named Barak. And you can't make this stuff up on his horse right. named Barack. And <laughs> I'm sorry. And so, it's all right. uh, you know, we're we're uh, we're dealing with a place that the Muslims feel is the most holy place uh, out. The only it's the third most holy place in all Islam. Mecca and Medina being first and second, but this is the third most holy site. And they say that if any Jew ever put so much as a shovel up there. That they are, it's going to start World War III, and 1.2 billion Muslims will rally around and defend that, because when the Jews uh, took it back in in the '67 war, uh, you know, Moshe Dayan said, "Hey, give it back to the Muslims, even though it's their most holy site to the to the to the Jews who feel that that's the site of Solomon's and Herod's temples." But he said, "No, this is going to be too much of a fight. We're going to fight all of." All of the Islam, if we if we keep this, so right. it's 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 a it's really one of those fascinating subjects uh, okay. that has come to the forefront of late. Okay, so the next question is um, then. So we're calling it the Temple Mount. So why do the if this is what it is? Um, uh, why do the Jews believe that it's the place where the temple is? Now, well, let me throw something else. And remember, Christians out there, you should have said that there would not be one stone left. But why? So why do the Jews think it's where the temple was at? 
Well, you know, I, I was at the Temple Mount, and, and it was what, what, what really just pierced my heart was to hear the Jews say, hey, Jesus is wrong, because he prophesies and not one stone will be left, and look at all these stones. I mean, look at this huge whaling one. Look, look at this 36-acre complex. I mean, this is this. You can put the Rose Bowl there and still have 25% left area left for parking. I mean, we're talking about a big area, and it's all stone. So, if Jesus prophesies not one stone and all of it, you read Scripture carefully. He says all are destroyed, everything. And Josephus he that after the destruction in by that you wouldn't even know that there was a city there. There was a building there. Nothing there. So it's, it was it was totally totally eradicated, uh, and, and so people today are saying that that's the Temple Mount. Well, but Jews have had huge tens of times when they've been you know quarantined from Jerusalem uh, after their Bar, Bar Kova revolt in 135, all the way up to 325 during the time of Constantine. They were allowed to even stick their nose and look at the thing from a distance, but. And then we've had the, the, the Muslims have had hundreds of years of span, 700 years at one time that not one scholar was allowed to go up there and look at that thing. So, uh, you know, when, when you have something missing from history and it's such, something that's so cherished, you have to have a place. You have to stick your fingers over there and say, that's, that's, that's the place where it is. So I think that's what's happened. You know, when, when, when in, in 1099, when the, uh, and the uh, uh, Crusaders went over to uh, and, and conquered uh, the the the, uh, the Temple Mount from the Muslims, and it was actually July thirteenth, uh, ten ninety nine. They breached the walls. They killed everybody. They killed every Jew and every Muslim there. It was pretty pretty horrible. In fact, they split their stomachs open. Every all their stomachs were slit and slit open because they wanted to find the gold they 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 were they heard that all the gold was being swallowed by all their possessions were being swallowed by the people up there anyway it was mass carnage and then one of the crusaders climbs up on top of this this dome it wasn't gold at the time it's gold now of the mosque of omar and he puts a cross up there a gold cross and he calls it he calls it templum domini which is latin for which means this is the lord's house uh so uh you know the the, the temple of the lord yeah. So this is this is amazing that we have uh, this this tradition gets starting and and, and get takes root because uh, you know the Crusaders go over there and say that this is the place. Right. And, you know, people people have been saying it ever since. Yeah, absolutely. And w- which this is also makes why your 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 uh, research you know on this and and saying this isn't is so hard hit because. It's been bred into the very core of all the Jewish beliefs that this is indeed the Temple Mount, and it's a place to go worship, you know. And so, you know, I can see that. Your book really explains it. So let's go backwards a little bit. So if this wasn't the, the, isn't the Temple Mount, of course, um, then just what is this huge thing? What's the historian Flavius Josephus say? Now, he's a great historian. Well, uh, we have the largest monolith from ancient history existing in Jerusalem, and that's known as the Temple Mount. I call it. This gets confusing because everybody calls it the, the, the Temple Mount. It's really, uh, you know, so, so I have to call it the Temple Mount, but it's it's really a Roman fortress. 
It was the Fortress Antonio. The the Romans went over in 63 B.C., and they they went in there and they um, they they took this 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 area of, of, of over in Jerusalem, and they built for themselves a big fortress. And this is this is what the Temple Mount is today. It's a it's a large Roman fortress. It was the Fortress Antonia. In fact, Josephus says that it was uh, the size of several cities. And then it looked down upon it was higher than the temple, which we, we believe is in, should be correctly placed in the city of David. I'm sure we'll get to all those reasons in, in a little while. Right. But, but, this, but this big stone wall thing over there is the Roman Fortress Antonio. You know, they've never found one brick from Fortress Antonio. And the Romans were over there for over 300 years, and they, compl- they, they had a huge presence. They had 10,000 people. Uh, uh, they had a legion, which is 6,000, but we estimate there's at least 10,000 with support personnel. And where would they stay? I mean, everybody just kind of kicks the can down the road and says, well, they must have been somewhere around Jerusalem. Well, no, they would have had a huge fortress. In fact, every place that the Romans occupied had a, had a big, huge, rectangular-shaped fortress, most of them, most all of them. And they're massive. Exactly, looking just like the the footprint of the uh, of the fortress Antonio. So right. uh, that's what we that's what we have here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the evidence just the evidence that you lay out, and you know, I, I, I was really amazed. You know, I watched King Kind's video, and, and he talked about this fortress, and I thought, well, that's really impressive. But I, I hadn't yet written the books, and but your book. It really lays it out, and it's such confirmation. You, you are—I don't know which one of you found what first, but your research is so much deeper. Um, anyway, so uh, well, let me well, let me answer. I'm not that smart enough to figure this one out. This was figured out by a guy named uh, Ernest Martin, and uh, we'll call our staff off of a a guy named Ernest Martin who, who was dabbling with this early on in the late 90s. And what was fascinating about Ernest Martin was that uh, he, um, he, uh, uh, um, can you stand by you, one You second? know, I, I, ran, I ran across uh, Ernest Martin's name. Uh, in my research coming up across this, and it is out there a lot about him. Listen, we're going to be going to a break here shortly, and so tell them the name of your website and what they can find there, and we'll go to break and come back in, in, in three Okay, minutes. it's it's baseinstitute.org, uh, uh, baseinstitute.org, and get information. Yeah, folks, that's go to baseinstitute.org. There's all, all those books can be found over there, and yeah. there's an outline so for those things. I have go ahead. the Noah's Ark, Mount Sinai, the Ark of the Ball Shipwreck, all those books we have on our website. Yeah, amen. It's all over there, folks, and anyway, we'll be back in three minutes. Dan will be right back. 
their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. ID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR 2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR 2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices.
This is Pastor Dan Catlin, and you're listening to Messiah's Branch Prophecy Hour on the American Voice Radio Network. Well, folks, before I get into uh, the Wichita Mission Church, I want to remind everybody that this is the 4th of July on Monday. And I just want, you know, I'm a patriotic person. I, I love what this country is supposed to be and represents the country of, you know, John Wayne's country, you know what I mean? You know, patriotic and all that. Um, before all this garbage seemed to get here, you know, at an earlier time. And so I believe in celebrating our independence. You know, and you may not have very many more independence days left in this country because of the way things are going and with the time of the end we're in. So, you know, we'll, we'll have some fireworks and we'll have a barbecue and we'll have all our family and we'll love each other and we'll be thankful for what that we have. And that's the biggest thing. We will give thanks to the Father for being able to live in the country that we do because, you know, for all intents and purposes, right now, I don't know how much longer it will be, but right now it is probably the, the, the I don't know about the safest maybe, but, you know, it's the freest country in the world that we can see right now. Those freedoms may not be around. So enjoy your Independence Day this week. But anyway, remember to pray about tonight about a donation for work with the homeless and poor from our mission church in Wichita, Kansas. Well, of course the homeless are poor, but we're talking about the poor that come from all over the city. People who work uh, part-time just to keep a roof over their family's head, come in looking for food, clothing, first aid, over-the-counter medications, blankets, Bibles, and miracle prayers, everything. You know, they need, the homeless and poor need what you need. You know, if you need a coat in the wintertime, they need a coat in the wintertime. This summertime, they need mosquito repellent like you wouldn't believe if you've got uh, those things. And, and uh, over-the-counter medications, we need them, you know. Um, some of you have summer colds. You know what it's like going around with a headache and being under a bridge or even not being under a bridge. We get people bringing their little children in in the summertime to escape the heat. And, you know, they come in to eat or they come in and get bottles, you know, get water and, and tea and things like that. And clothing. We have a clothing closet. They just have to walk in and get. So how do we support all this? Well, of course, the first answer is the father makes sure that we get the help that we need. But you know what? Not everybody listens. And, and uh, you know, the point is, is this. We get our help from people like you that are listening to our radio program. Um, we're now in our 17th year of service. But it came full circle. We had different ways that we got money over the years, whether it was from the mail-out newsletter or an email list. But now, you know, it's basically progressed to radio. So talk radio is what brings in the money. Now, you notice on our program, I don't sell anything. Yeah, I bring people on that sell books, or there might be a, a you hear commercials or whatever, but those aren't my commercials. Um, yeah, there's one that talks about the mission church. But other than that, those aren't my sponsors. That's just the radio station sponsors, which is cool, because that way they get to stay on the air. But my thing is this. We only get things that you donated to us. So pray about it. So if you enjoy the radio programs and the things that we do from radio, well, then pray about supporting radio. We really do need your help. Anyway, so why do people come to us for help? Well, we don't have any set guidelines like programs. People just walk in the door and ask for what they need. That's the rule. If we have a way to, to give them what they need, then we give them. If we don't, we try to pray it in. Because, you know, the Father doesn't notice, no, or answer all prayers in that manner. This is why even the agencies tell the uh, employees about the Father's Little Message Church. You see, when guidelines stop them from helping, they send people to us. People who have millions of dollars in their budgets send people to a place that really has no budget. 
We are the last hope for so many, and we're all responsible to care one for another as we are our brother's keepers. All donations, no matter what size, helps. And the Father notices all donations that come from where? Your heart. You can donate online or mail a check or money order, and you can find all that information at prophecyhour.com. That's prophecyhour.com. And now we're talking about a really good subject. We're talking about where is the Temple Mount? Anyway, we're talking with Bob Cornkey. Are you still with me, Bob? Yeah, I, I had to apologize to you all because I, I just bought an RV, and my, my kids are going camping, and I had to park it to somewhere to talk to you, and it was on a freeway. So now I've got a place I'm standing on ground, not driving, I can talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were driving and talking before. Yeah. Oh, that's it's an uh, RV, but we, I, I finally found a place I can pull over and talk. Yeah, so uh, probably going to camp someplace for the 4th of July weekend, basically? Yeah, we're just getting away. Uh, I've got a daughter who's been ill with Lyme disease, and that that keeps her kind oh. of in bed most of the time. And the little 18-year-old girl loves the Lord, real strong. We've got a camper to get her out in the mountains so she can relax and be in bed, but still be out in the mountains and, and enjoy. Well, I mean, yeah, that'll, that, that'll be beautiful. That'll be beautiful. Okay, well, you know, we talked about, we came up and we were basically talking about, you know, how the historians um, change the things. So, if it's not the Temple Mount, and historians like Flavius Joseph say that it isn't, you had something in your speech a while ago. You talked about something. Um, you mentioned the city of David. What is the city of David? I'm sorry, what was that again? I said, what is the city of David? You mentioned okay. it a while ago. The, the city of David is a 12-acre uh, area that was... Uh, it was really, uh, you know, Jerusalem, we always think of it as always being Jerusalem, but you go back to the time of David, and it was just a big scab of nothing, dirt, uh, scrub, brush, just, oh, just, a, just, a, just, a, just a dusty scab of an area. But they had this water that came up, this unique, called the Gion Springs today. We know it's Gion, the Bible even talks about it as the Gion Springs. And it's... Uh, or it's pronounced Gion or lovely, but I call it Gion Springs. But anyway, it's, it's this uh, it, it's this water that just bubbles up from the ground, and uh, it, it's a siphon spring. It's not surface located; it's actually underneath the ground. And uh, if you go to Jerusalem today, it, 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 it's what feeds tunnel. And Hezekiah's tunnel is first like they want to go through there and do that, but um, it's uh, it. it it was an area that was controlled by the Jebusites uh, 3,000 years ago. And, uh, and, and so the Jebusites had this high-walled uh, fortress, and David wanted to take it. And, and David stood at the bottom of the, these walls and said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to conquer this. And they laughed at him and said, even the blind and lame could defend this place. It was so well fortified. Well, David's men crawled up through a water shaft, felt their way up through this water shaft, and then took the city of David. Uh doesn't say about the battle. I'm assuming it was, was over pretty quick, and they took the city of David, which was the stronghold of Zion. So that's where and Zion that, is at then. That, yeah, that's the key word. Zion is the strong, is the key word, because all through... Oh. And... Yeah, we we lost him, folks. We lost him. 
the city is where well, he's up in the mountains. What can I say? And he's on his cell phone. But the city of Zion, um, you know, if you talk about Zion, Zion's mentioned all the way through scriptures. That's what he was going to say. Zion is mentioned all the way through scriptures. Currently, people have, don't have this old location of the city, if, but now the city has been discovered, and they admit that the, that this, that's the city of David, and they admit that it's, it's Mount Zion. And for all these things to be there, the key thing there is that spring that he was talking about. With that spring there, um, we'll let him say it. What's so important about the spring that's there besides Zion, as I was telling the folks? Well, the the the, the, the springs there are that the spring is for Solomon taken down uh, by King David's mule, and he was found king to give him springs. Well, the oil that anointed Solomon came from the tabernacle, which had the ark in it. The ark was in the city of David, which was the tabernacles in the city of David, which means it all happens right there, and so that's where the temple is to be built. It, it, you see, they didn't build the temple in a place that was convenient to build it. It was a place where God said to build it over the threshing floor, which was in the city of day. So, uh, and the only springs of Bethlehem has ever been fitted because you need to have that water to anoint priests to cleanse them for the service in the temple. So, you right. have to have running water the threshing floor because you know you're 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 a your show that does prophecy and we read in scripture where God's winnowing or Jesus is winnowing his hand will separate the wheat from the chaff. And that's that's where he will rule the brain. That's the that's where the millennial temple will be built in the city of David. So the spring has everything to do with it. And there's no spring on the, on the traditional Temple Mount. There's no water up there. You need to have running water. There's no way it's the way could be on the traditional Temple. They broke the rock from Bethlehem to because the Romans couldn't so much as a total of the water of the Eon Springs for the whole day. They could riot and believe uh, going in the holy water. So the holy water of the Eon Springs will wash priest. So I was recently over there and I was talking to the top archaeologist and he says, well, they must wash. I'll give you they have to wash in this. Well, okay. Um, yeah, you're, you're really breaking up bad, Bob. Um, I think that uh, um, maybe we should do this at a later date. Um, I'm sorry, a, I just okay. It's all right. Um, it, it, it's fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna point out some things about your book and and where to find it and everything and and uh, we'll talk again, brother. Um, but you're okay, cutting up too bad. We can't. I can't hardly understand. You. All right. Will you be blessed and have a good vacation there, brother? All right. Be blessed. Bye bye, um, folks. Uh, here's what uh, I'll break it down. You know, um, the temple. Look, let's go with this. Yeshua can't be a liar. Yeshua said every stone would not be uh, would be torn down. If you look at the Temple Mount, and I've wondered about that, and so many other people have many all these years. Well, if Yeshua said not one stone would be left standing, how come they have the Temple Mount wall? Why do they have the Wailing Wall? Why is that? Why are these these stones still here? But yet, if you go to the City of David site, the City of David site where this fabulous spring, Gihon Spring is, well, what's so great about the spring? Look, 
I don't know if you read the, your your Torah, you're going to see how many sacrifices they made. There's a consistent flow of blood and cleanup mess. The Temple Mount has no water. There's no spring that comes up in the Temple Mount. This spring, this Gihon spring, does come up naturally. And where it, where it is at, it gives access to water. And the water access is what is needed to make this temple work. And then from that, they found another site. The other site not far from this spring, and it's basically down there and underground. They found a place where, where animals were sacrificed underground. It, was, it wasn't that it was underground at one time. It was above the ground, okay? But you know how archaeology is. Things get buried. It was some sort of temple and place of sacrifice. And you know what? Um, the way that Bob lays it out is very strongly that it could be Solomon. It could be part of Solomon's temple, because it doesn't say that Solomon's temple would have been torn down. Every last brick, every last thing would be torn down and carried away, as um, the other temple, the one Yeshua said, uh, this temple will be torn down, and not one brick would be left standing, and it was torn down. You need to go into the research and check it out. So why is this important? I mean, we don't look to sacrifice anymore, not Christians, does it? But, you know, like he said, if indeed, I look at it two different ways. Number one, they could set up, the Antichrist could set up a temple anywhere up there, and, and they could proclaim it to be a temple, and they could do their sacrifices back. And, and you know, it doesn't have to be on the Temple Mount, and they may work out some agreement to put it up there, and but it would be blasphemy. You understand what I said in, in the first place? Because the temple wouldn't be where the real temple was at, so therefore he wouldn't be desecrating holy ground. And so, you know, that's one possible way to look at it, that this other site was perverted. Because remember, the real temple that's going to be rebuilt for millennium, Yeshua is going to rebuild that temple. You can go in the book of Ezekiel and read it. Messiah, the David, the son of David, he will be in charge of rebuilding that temple. He will rebuild it into specific specifications. I don't think he'll do it in a false place. So then we so we look down here at the city of David, and we're finding all this miraculous things. We find out that really where they were saying Mount Zion, I, Zion was someplace else. We find out they are admitting that my, Mount Zion is down here where this temple's at. They admit um, that other things down there are there. All these great points, city of David, the place where the temple's at. Actually, it, it turned into a trash pile. Every stone was was turned away from it. Eventually, when the Jews was exiled, this place was grown over. And so it was natural for them, especially the Crusaders, like he said, when they came back and they looked for the temple and they saw this huge temple mount, they said, this must be it. And so it stuck. And so all these times, am I 100% right? I don't know. But, that, but these historians talk about... Um, the Temple Mount, or rather the Fort Antonio, looking down on to uh, where he could look down into Herod's temple, where he could look down to it. Well, the Temple Mount's the tallest place there is in, Jer in Jerusalem. 
to look down from there, you would have to build something, you know, it just wouldn't work. You'd have to, there's no other evidence of anything ever being taller than the Temple Mount. But the Sport Antonio, if it was there and the bridge went down, you know, so you need to check it out. Do the research. Get this uh, uh, book. It's called The Temple. It's at baseinstitute.org, baseinstitute.org. And uh, while I'm not in agreement with him on uh, the Ark and the Covenant things that he's did, he's did some other work that is agreeable, but check into this temple book. Now uh, I've got some time left, but I might as well just talk about the Wichita Mission Church. Well, folks, um, you know why the Wichita Mission Church, I guess, is a good question. Well, the why of the Wichita Mission Church is the father cut me up on all night, one night, telling me to feed the poor, feed the poor, feed the poor, feed the poor. No matter what I tried to do, he wouldn't let me sleep. Finally, after banging my head on the wall almost, at, this was like happened on a, on a uh, Sabbath evening, or you folks would call a Saturday night. And so I, you know, finally, about six or seven in the morning on the first day of the week, I said, okay, okay, Father, if you just let me sleep, I'll commit to it. So I went down. And I, I got on the computer, and I had a, a, a list that I still have now called the Prophetic News Service, and lots of people were on it. People like Steve Quill and others have used it for information. Stan Johnson of the Prophecy Club uses it for information and news, and a lot of people use it because, you know, I post the latest breaking news, which, by the way, you can find at prophecyhour.com. Anyway, having said this, um, so I put it out there on that list that I said, okay, I'm going to feed the poor. I'm going to start doing it. And I went back, father, he let me sleep. And I didn't hear nothing else. I just was able to sleep. Well, you know, Monday come, and, and I usually Tuesday was my day to go over because I was ministering in Wichita. I did have a, a, a small congregation over there of about, you know, it, it varied from about 26 to 30-some people sometimes and, and uh, or bigger and sometimes smaller. And I did that on the Sabbath, but I went over there every Tuesday, every Friday. And so I went over there on Tuesday, and well, Monday I thought about it. I didn't know what I was going to do. I had no idea um, what am I going to do, how am I going to feed the poor, I had no idea. So I went over there on Tuesday, and I, I prayed about it, and I looked around, and I called around asking different agencies in the city, as, you know, uh, is there anybody that's feeding or whatever? And finally somebody said, well, there's these two old women are feeding in the park. And I said, really? And they said, yeah, they're feeding in the park. And uh, I, that was Wino Park. So I thought, well, I'll go over there and check it out. And so I went to Wino Park about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And I, I saw these two uh, older women, you know, and they, were, they had a huge, huge line of people. And, that, you know, they were feeding them there in the park. It was warm weather. They were feeding them in the park. And uh, I said, well, you know, okay. And I prayed about it, and I felt like, well, these are the people I'm supposed to help. So I walked over to them, and, and to this, I waited until they got done. And, and uh, after they were cleaning up, I walked over to the, to the oldest woman, and I said, well, you're probably going to think I'm crazy, but I believe that um, I'm supposed to help you feed the poor. In fact, uh, I told her about being kept up all uh, Saturday night and that I couldn't sleep until I committed to it. And she just grabbed me and hugged me, and she says, oh, you don't know, you're the answer to my prayers. I said, really? And she said, yeah, I was up all Saturday night 
praying that the Father, were, or she said the Lord, but I call him the Father, that the Lord would send me somebody to help us. And I said, well, I guess I'm, I'm the person. And so after that, uh, you know, I went home and put it out on email what we, we did, and my wife would give me some food. She jumped on board and gave me some food to drive back over and give to them. And so that was two trips back and forth. I lived 60 miles from Wichita. And I went out and I put it on uh, the Internet on my list, again, that who, I, who I'd found and that I was going to start helping these two women, and I didn't know how I was going to do it. Well, the next day, I had, you know, my answering machine was blinking, and so I played it. And here's a message. Uh, it was from Steve Quayle. And Steve Quayle says, uh, you know, you need to talk to me about a food delivery. And I thought, food delivery? You know, I ain't ordered anything from Steve Quayle. And about that time, the phone rang again, and I picked it up, and it was Steve Quayle. And, he's, and I said, yeah. And he said, well, this is uh, uh, Pastor Dan Catlin. I said, yeah, this is Pastor Dan. And he says, well can you accept food over there in Florence? And I said, I can accept the shipment, but I haven't ordered anything from you, Steve. Steve Quell, if you don't know him, he sells dehydrated food, dehydrated food. And uh, I said, well, I didn't order anything. And he says, well, I want to give you a donation. And I said, well, okay, that's a blessing. And I said, where'd you find out about it? He said, well, I'm on your news list. He said, so uh, I'll send it to Florence. He's, and I said, well, just send it on over to Florence. And he said, well, do you have a forklift? And I went, what? He said, a forklift. He said, you realize what I want to send you? And I said, no. Well, he sent us over $20,000 worth of, of food at his cost, you know, so which this basically was a semi-load of food. And uh, so we ended up having it delivered not to Florence, but we had it delivered to Wichita. And uh, that's what started the, the Wichita Mission Church. And so after that, it wasn't long after that, winter came and we rented a, uh, the first building that we had. And uh, we started feeding out of there. We're still with the two women. And uh, they left. They decided to do something else because they were, you know, uh, you know, mainstream Christians. And they went with somebody else at a church. And uh, it didn't work out. And they retired just shortly after that. But we kept feeding, but we couldn't afford to do it every day, so we started doing it, you know, on Tuesdays and Fridays. And so we kept it up, and it's now we're in our 17th year. That went from feeding to giving out blankets and from giving out blankets to first aid to Bibles to witnessing to them to the list just goes on and on and on and on and on, as now we are in our 17th year. And so... I didn't have the money to do all this, and I still don't have the money to do all this. So how did I do all this? I did this by very simply, um, we did this by our newsletter list. You know, we put we had a newsletter. We put out our newsletter, and we talked about what we were doing. We got donations from that. The electronics, then electronics came in, and we started emailing it out, you know, from our, uh, you know, our, we gained a list of supporters from our prophetic news service. So we email it out to them and those people would support us. And some of those people still support us. Just the economy's changed. You don't have as much money. But um, so we kept it on and on. And, and uh, now it's, you know, things have transitioned. So many people are just hanging out on Facebook and Facebook is just not a place, it just doesn't work to try to raise funds on, on Facebook at all whatsoever. It's not about that. Well, now, so that leaves it to radio. So it's you folks that listen to radio 
that support the Wichita Mission Church. It's you folks that listen to radio, pay for um, radio. Just like I said, tomorrow radio airtimes, dude. I need three hundred dollars tomorrow, you know, for radio airtime, and that pays for where we're on right now and the other one, uh, an, another uh, site. But it, it's not; it's just an archive. But the point being is, is you people pay for that. Later this month, um, I'm going to have to figure out what to do because our our automatic site that so many of you listen to, um, and that's the one where we can tell where you're listening from. So many of you listen through that, but those archives are going to be gone unless I come up with the money for that. And so it's you folks. So I just ask you to pray about it. Pray about supporting the Wichita Mission Church and pray about supporting radio, however you're listening, whether you're listening live right now and simulcast on the net or where it's later on in a podcast. Pray about supporting radio if you want to hear it, if you enjoy our programs, if you gain from our program. But anyway, all this talk, and now we're on our second program, Prophecy Hour. This was the original time for the other one. So you folks, don't forget, we did a program earlier and at, that came on at 5, uh, yeah, it came on at 5 p.m. Central. And that program tonight was really good, so you need to go back in the archives and listen to that. You can listen to the archives at American Voice Radio or our uh, archive site, which you can find through prophecyhour.com, or just simply go to branch.podomatic.com and listen to that. It's a really good interview. And check out all our other interviews. And if you go to American Boast Radio, check out all the other programs they have over there, because they have a very large um, variety. But remember, folks, always, you need to, always, everybody, whether you help me or not or what, you need to always be a blessing to others. How can you, if you're not a blessing to others, how can you claim that you're saved and have the Holy Spirit in you, really? Remember, there is only one God. He is your Father. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. His Son is Yeshua HaMashiach. He gave his life for repentant sins. He rose after three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And through him, and only through him, is the way to the Father. Remember, folks, always, always, always be a blessing to others. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. That's like praying for Messiah's return. Lord our God, Father, King Universe, asking Yeshua HaMashiach's name, that the Father blesses and keeps you, and his face shines upon you, and is gracious to you, and gives you peace like no one or nothing else can. Until next Thursday, this is Pastor Dan saying goodbye and shalom. You've just heard the Messiah's Branch broadcast featuring Pastor Dan. To contact Dan on the Internet, go to messiahsbranch.org. To write to Dan, send a note to Messiah's Branch, 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Tune in next time for Messiah's Branch.
online by going to wichitahomeless.com or simply call 316-619-4886. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. AVR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $140. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. A magic wand, a glow made out of 
Welcome. One more. Welcome. This is Sulfur Hour Plus One on American Voice Radio Network. That's where you're listening to. If you didn't intend to catch us, well, you are not allowed to change the station. This is a very important 30th of June 19 or 2016 because it's our 4th of July, and we're not going to use uh, fireworks or anything silly like that. And I'm not. We have a guest tonight. Um, who is? Excuse me. Who is uh, Dr. Yasmin Marka? Now, one, she's a girl. Two, she's a doctor. And, and three, she's written a book. If you have a coffee table that keeps jumping off the floor, buy Yasmin's book. It's about 290 pounds. And along with it comes two Nubian slaves to turn the pages. Um, so I don't know if. Uh, Yasmin, have you joined us yet? Okay, so we can talk about it. Uh, and then, you know, they might say, oh, that must be John. John Pangoon. Who's Matt Yasmin? He's actually had the uh, fortune of meeting Yasmin. And then uh, my co-host is Roger, Dr. Richard L. Stump, who persists in staying alive. And I just, you know, I just think this is outrageous. Uh, and then Adam Bergstrom from uh, Oprah and Ellen's Neighborhood. And, and and Adam will tell us whether or not he's considering gen, transgender operations. Well, we'll find out about that later. Uh, so everyone who's here, please say hi. And evidently we don't have Yasmin yet. Yasmin. I'm sorry, it's not Yasmin. It's Yasmin. Yasmin. That's right. Uh, right. Yes. Oh, there she is. This is Dr. Marka. How are you this evening? I'm fine. Well, I'm so glad to hear that. Um, and I, now, Adam, have you joined us? Has anybody heard Adam speaking? Well, he's he's missing in action. But Patrick, well, I, uh, you know, it's been a while. I've been on. I've been uh, uh, bike on. But I want to thank you and hello to all. It's nice to be back from my Benghazi sabbatical, especially tonight because we're joined with a, with a lovely guest that's uh, very erudite and uh, very up to point. Well, she's also uh, and and don't share this with everybody. She has tattooed across her right cheek. First, do no harm. Well, but keep that amongst yourselves. We're not, we, no one else needs to know that. Uh, now, yeah, what's this, what have we got? We got a background noise. Who is that? No, that's uh, that's the phantom. But you know, it's like Richard. Richard, you took the the oath, the Hippocratic oath, when you uh, went through medical school. But I understand today that it's uh, it's optional. Am I correct in that? I I hadn't heard that. That's news to me. Yeah, I, I caught that a while back there, and uh, but uh, well, most of uh, the people that don't don't want oaths to be of uh, any importance have violated their oaths to the Constitution, so they want everyone to get in the same boat with them. Uh-huh. Well, you know that. Well, you know, I mean, the uh, I'm glad you brought that up, and, and forgive me for not you know we need to we invited Yasmin because she's got things to say, but um, uh, someone sent me a. Uh, a review of the, this new vaccine debacle and what's going on uh, regarding the movie Max or Vaxxed. And here I am listening to this once debunked, defrauded, fraudulent doctor from England who is schooling us on the Constitution. You know, why is he here? Because he doesn't have freedom of speech in Great Britain. That was apparent. And, um, you know, and, and, I, and I, he will finally realize the American dream because he has a little bit of money in that movie. Then guess what? The movie's making money. Oh, how horrible. 
How horrible. I feel so sorry for Dale Bigtree and, and Polly Tomei. Um, but, you know, the message is very succinct. And, I, I, you know, if Yasmin wants to disagree, that Yasmin wants to disagree, that's fine. But I'm of the belief that no vaccine has ever worked and all vaccines cause harm. Do you, have you ever heard of the book Vaccine the Silent Killer? No. It's called Vaccination I, the Silent Killer. It's okay. probably 30 or 35 years old, and it's, I'm sure, out of print, but it might be obtained through Amazon as a used book. But it is a phenomenal book about how dangerous vaccines are. Well, you know, but the point is we know that. I mean, we know that. I mean, the majority of who listen, who, you know, take their kids to get vaccinated and stand in line to get a flu shot, they don't know that. That's right. We know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, and Patrick, excuse me, but beyond that, what what the movie Vax did not portray or bring out, or what a lot of this uh, information doesn't bring out, is the fact that uh, they're contaminated. Look at Dr. Wakefield, uh, one of the 30 that were murdered for the GCMAF. He brought out the fact that the Nagways, that the, the problem with it, was in the vaccines. And he was testing these child, newborn infants who wasn't present. You know, after the vaccines for months or six months or what, it was in the blood. So he proved it. And the second thing is that uh, you've got the mycoplasma, fermentans, uh, which is the cause of AIDS. I mean, that's how they're giving these homosexuals. That's how the Gulf War. I mean, these are things that are there, and that's what we know. What's in there that we don't know, like the chemtrails? What's in the chemtrails that we don't know? That's what bothers me. Well, and, you know, and, and I approach it from a little different standpoint from, you know, trying to kill everybody off for 17 years. I don't care what's in the chemtrails because it sulfates out. If well, you have sulfur in your body, all the chemtrail stuff sulfates out. Uh, if you have uh, heavy metals and mercury in your body from vaccinations, I'm sorry, those moms who take sulfur with their children have their child back, they have their life back. And I think that every child on the planet, if mom plays, can, have, can come back. I mean, but it's I, a shame I that they have to come hard. back. Pardon? It's a shame that they're being poisoned whereby they have to come back. Well, um, evidently, Yasmin, you know, you forgot that, you know, when you were learning how to be a doctor, there were certain requirements of new Jaguar, uh, two homes, uh, maybe a home in, you know, in Turkey, who knows, what's it's hard to say. And, uh, you know, so you have to weigh the, the, uh, the circumstances, you know, did you really get in it to it just to make people healthy? It's their responsibility. A lot of times they make you very frustrated because they don't listen. Right. True or false. I mean, that's 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 the reality of it all. But if, if they can't put it on you, it's their responsibility. If we're healthy, we did it. If you want to give your doctor credit, go right ahead. If you want to give me a credit, you're a fool. I didn't do anything. You know, I'm just out here talking sulfur. But so far, every now, one quick So far, every single disease that we've encountered has gone backwards. Just the salt. Patrick, with that statement, I'd like to bring up the fact uh, and ask Yasmin about this, because uh, as you recall, it was about a year ago that uh, she was first on our show, and you told me that uh, it took you a year to get hold of her because she was busy rewriting her book. And why was she rewriting her book? She discovered organic sulfur, and now it's in every chapter just about. So Yasmin, I'd like to ask you, (laughs) what was your uh, aha moment that you discovered? How did you discover organic sulfur? And how did you apply it and take another year to rewrite your book because you saw the effectiveness or the efficaciousness of it? 
Well, first of all, you have to understand to rewrite my book, it's nearly an 800-page book, so it was a, a pretty um, a rough endeavor. Oh, yeah. And I, you know what? I'm trying to figure out how I found out about organic sulfur. Patrick, do you remember how I uh, ended up learning yeah, about someone, it? Some, someone you know made the mistake of telling you about it. Oh, big mistake. <laughs> well, that's weird. But because yeah, I don't know how I found out about it, but I know that I contacted you, and I don't have a client that I work with who isn't on organic. No, no, this, this is a. I, I can't remember the name, but it was a fellow, a fellow clinician. Clinician. Really. Yeah, hmm. and, I, and I'm thinking for some reason it was Larry Wilson, but I could be wrong. Doctor. No, I don't know that name. I don't remember how I found out about the yeah. Oh, I know who it was. It okay. might have been my friend Pamela McDougall. Very well. That, that could be. I mean, because everybody who calls us is word of mouth. We don't exist. <laughs> we don't exist. Yeah, I mean, the, go ahead and try to find us on the Internet. You're not going to find us. We're not there. Some uh -huh. people write about us, but we're not really there. We haven't posted anything up there so you can, you know, call and get a cab. Mm -hmm. We're not doing Uber taxi service. I don't care what anybody says. But in the process of not having enough money to set up a really big study, all of our study members realize that it's their responsibility to contact us. We won't ever call anybody. Oh, your credit card may be funny, but of that we don't call. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's remarkable to me to see how the people understand that idea. Because once they start feeling good, they don't call about them silly selves. They call about their brother or their sister, maybe their aunt. Maybe a grandchild, maybe a friend's child who's autistic. You know, as far as we're concerned, everybody who adds sulfur to their diet is going to get better. Their health is going to improve. And uh -huh. uh, and you know, and and if and if the powers that be decide that we want a war, they'll all say no. <laughs> Most powerful word in any language is no. Nancy Reagan said. Well, yeah, and, that's and, and, right. Nancy Reagan said that. Yeah, and and she said that right after she said, "Ronnie, no nookie tonight." <laughs> <laughs> hey, he had his girlfriends. He didn't need her. Oh, stop that! Stop that! We we can't cast aspersions. We've got Bill Clinton in the background. We don't need other people. <laughs> you know, I got a letter from the whole entire L.A. cheerleaders team. Saying they're supporting Bill. They're not too happy about uh, <laughs> Hillary, but they're supporting Bill. <laughs> oh, dear. He's not really part hated. of the cheerleader squad, the whole cheerleader squad. <laughs> looks like he's ready to fall apart. He looks so unhealthy and so weak and elderly these days. Who, Bill? Yeah. It doesn't, well, uh, doesn't bother me. Yeah, the, uh, and just to give you an idea, being it doesn't take sulfur, I think I'm a little older than Bill. Really? I could be wrong. I mean, I know John is, and I know Richard is, and and, uh, and if Adam were here, he's older too. Mm -hmm. But see, we've got this idea in our mind that age has something to do with life. And it's, it has something to do with teaching us how to live. But age does not need to be a limiting factor. Of course not. And, you know, yeah. And we, and by the way, we will soon have more than one 100-year-old. We're about to have a couple of birthdays. 
So we'll have multiple 100-year-olds. We only have one who's chasing boys. Uh, you know, but the others are, are very healthy. I mean, see, this is the problem we have. We talk to people who call who are dying, and now they're healthy. Now, Jasmine, or Yasmin, Yasmin, what would you do if everyone in your practice called and said, I feel, really feel good to feel, really feel good to them, I'm going to come see you? Well, I'd be happy if that were the case, to be honest, because yeah, I'd be right, happy right. for them. The whole, my whole goal is to see them not need me. Well, you know, and that's sort of the way it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you shouldn't be on a need of need every single day. It's their responsibility. You know, you're right. you're a, and I, and I, I posted it to uh, everyone, including you. You're you're an observation. You know, you observe. You don't theorize. Oh, you observe. I'm having. I, I observe. Is that what you said? Every now and then, I have trouble hearing you. Uh, it sounds like we've got some. In, uh, another, has someone else joined us, and they and they want to sign in, please? Yeah, Adam. Say hi. Hello. Oh my goodness, my good Adam Bergstrom. We had some kind of a problem, obviously. That wasn't that wasn't working because I got rugged a couple of times and then uh, didn't hear anything. Could you hear me talking, maybe? No. Okay. Right, well, we could hear you making noise. We thought you were probably chasing mice. <laughs> yeah. We have, we have, yeah, we have vibrant gal. <laughs> exactly. Now, and uh, I don't know that you've ever had the, uh, a, a, you haven't ever met Yasmin Marco. No, no. Apparently, okay. uh, she's been on the show before. Yes, she has. And uh, and with and with Adam, just for the, a little bit of uh, uh, credence, is a girl named Vibrant Gal, and they've been hooked up for a while. Uh, and, uh, you know, the thing that I like about this is um, knowing things about Vibrant Gal explains Adam, because he's an alien. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know, don't let it out. Yeah, I mean, if you let the government know, they'll probably put him in quarantine like that and send him to Area 51. Um, but, you know, yeah, but, but, you know so since running into... Uh, vibrant gal as well of Adam, and Adam's just you know another observer who knows stuff. He doesn't know why he knows it, but he knows it. He knows a lot of stuff. Yeah, and matter of fact, I think this is the perfect time. John has a yellow fat question for Adam regarding birth. Birth? Okay. Yeah, uh, this is good. This is a good time for Yasmin to pick up on this because Adam, we talked about this several weeks ago about the DHA and yellow fat, right? And uh, everything I'm reading lately, and I'm curious where Yasmin is on the uh, DHA, but that's imperative uh, for our health that we have uh, a, norm, uh, you know, a certain amount of DHA. But, uh, it's important so, for mental acuity. It, well, that's the way I understand it. But Adam's mm-hmm. saying we don't need it. So can we expound on that, Adam? Why? Or? Well, how could you not need it? Just, if yeah, you look yeah, at uh, DHA, it's actually, in fact, the best way to explain this is to listen to a Brian Peskin uh, YouTube interview. I have not called on him at all. He's not even mentioned in any of my books. I think I referred to him in one uh, one blog, but yeah. he pretty well gives the research and the expert, the world expert on fat, Fred Camero calls omega-3s and omega-6s nuisances. 
And he's the guy that's suing the government now to make them uh, get rid of trans fats. And, of course, they're just going to switch to something worse. But uh, at least... No, no, no. Yeah, no, they're going to let transgenders join the military. Uh, I see. Now, now, hang on. I have to interrupt because this is... I don't know anything except for one thing. Um, you have omega-3s, et cetera, et cetera, and then you have vitamin B complexes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, there's there's evidently a similar similarity, you know, between these two functionings. But, in you know, by putting sulfur into the body, we make our own vitamin B complexes all the way from B1 up to B17. Now, how do we know that? Because no one's dead. Yeah, that's a fact. You haven't accomplished killing anyone, have you? Oh, and I've tried so hard. You know, you'd think they'd have a warrant out for my arrest. Um, the it, It's when we take the oils from another breed when we don't have any naturally occurring oils. Mm-hmm. So, you know, being that none of the things, you know, the reason I'm not familiar with yellow fat is none of our study members have it. But, I'm, you know, I'm going to get back to John's questions because John's a new grandfather. He finally made the rank, got all the way to 73, and he's finally a grandfather. Yeah, he asked me He asked me a comment. I'm sorry, I couldn't answer. And I thought, well, I know Adam can. So go ahead, repose the question so Adam can understand why it is you think you have a tin hat covered with yellow hat. Yellow right, well, hat. even for the listening audience, it probably is unknowledgeable as I am about that. Why don't you give us a brief synopsis once again, uh, Adam? What is yellow fat? How do we avoid it? I mean, I know you alluded to cats and dogs having a problem when they eat fish oils and what have you. So take it away. Not only that, but a, a cat will, if you feed them human tuna, and what I mean is the ones that are meant for humans and not for pets, the cat will die. The cat will die very uh, gruesomely from yellow fat disease. It's also known as steatitis, and the crocodiles in Africa are becoming extinct because of yellow fat disease, and even fish can get yellow fat disease because fish don't just eat nothing but fish. They eat other things, too, including insects and uh, even snakes and other small animals. Crocodiles normally get their food from, say, uh, well, they'll, they've even eaten small elephants. They eat land animals commonly. When they've been forced to have crocodile forms in Africa, they have died gruesome deaths because yellow fat disease is even contagious from eating the yellow fat in one crocodile to another. So they're dying off by the millions in Africa. And uh, Wikipedia and National Geographic don't even mention what it is. They claim it's... Uh, Various other things that Wikipedia gives six reasons, never mentions it's DHA, EPA, and ALA that do it. And by the way, if you look up DHA, because of the oil cartels, one of the worst is Omega proteins, the other is Martac, which makes a totally biosynthetic DHA from algae. All algal DHA is biotech, I guarantee you. You, it's part of the Mar- it's part of uh, of uh, what is it Martin Marietta space program a spinoff called Martech and a whole bunch of Chinese companies and other companies are into it now and basically if you look up DHA all you get is propaganda on the internet 
In fact, since I've been writing about it, they've been taking links down off the Internet because I made the precaution of counting how many yellow fat disease notations were on Google when I started, putting the quotation marks in there, you know, to make sure. It was about 8,000. And now when I first started, before somebody out there got wise, I was up to about 10,000 hits. It was growing daily. Suddenly, it began to reverse. Even if you go up now and find yellow fat disease, you'll find my name on one radio network and other places, Extreme Health Radio and elsewhere. Even with my additional 100 or so, it's now down to 7,810 last time I looked. It hovers around there. So someone well, actually we'll wise that I'm doing this now. Right. Well, be, before I let Yasmin uh, chime in, I found the reference in a lady's restroom in Balboa <laughs> with your name. It looked like your signature, as a matter of fact. And by the way, I'm in the minority opinion. Uh, Brian Peskin, myself, Ray Pete, uh, Fred Camaro, there are people who are in this, but most people get their information from Life Extension Magazine, which is a biotech publication entirely if you investigate the uh, where that money goes for Life Extension and the health uh, industry, and uh, basically they've pulled the biggest scam of the century, I call it. It's yeah. fish oil. It's oh, no, 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 no. The biggest scam of the century is mandatory vaccines. Eventually. Yeah, you're right. I take that back. Well, Adam, Brian Peskin, as I recall, was the uh, uh, the the author of essential or parent oils, right? Uh, yeah, I just parent essential oils, rather. Ego sixes being the miracle things they are, but you you can't get yellow fat disease from uh, omega sixes unless they're really rancid oils. If you get buy the products that you if you buy products, well, even you know, contrary to what he says, I have never in all the research I've gone through and all the links I have in two books now and working on a third, I've never found a case of uh, yellow fat disease laboratory or otherwise coming from the other oils. It's only flaxseed oil which you know how linoleum actually yellowifies. It turns yellow very quickly. It's a fast-drying uh, oil. And in all the studies I've seen, it only is occurring from DHA, the main instigator, and the most fast-drying oil, and EPA, and, uh, and then ALA, which is okay. alpha linolenic acid. Right. Now, the human... We yeah. get yellow fat. Where do we get yellow fat? And if we abstain from any fish oils or DHA or even flaxseed, we can eliminate getting that? Am I correct? There are other things. You'll find it in purslane, but it's in minor amounts, and you have to, uh, you have to get quantities. Unfortunately, in this country, we eat a lot of, of oils and a lot of fish oils and a lot of rancid oils and a lot of omega-3 oils. Anyone who has, has age spots, so-called liver spots, has serious yellow fat disease. It's called chronic lipofuscinosis. Pardon the expression. Oh, that's, you can't use that language on the radio. Oh, come on. You can't so. say that on the radio. This is not a children's show. I mean, it's a children's no. show. No. <laughs> anyway. Okay, now, uh, now, it, now, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. The, uh, we haven't let our guest chime in. And I think this is, and I'm not even sure, you know, she and I have not discussed this at all. But I'm on the other side of the fence because the the B complex doesn't do yellow fat. Nope. Okay. Now, Yasmin, can you 
Can you bring some sense out of these men who are trying to act like they know something? Well, I'm confused about something, and that is that um, he was talking about yellow fat, that none of the omega-3s are, they're all synthetic now. And the omega-3s I get are not synthetic. They're from fish oil. One, a Nordic Natural carries really good fish oil. And I've worked with so many people over the years with serious cases of psoriasis, and I get them off what they're allergic to. I do allergy testing on them, and then I get a, give them high amounts of mostly EPA to reduce the inflammation, and their skin disorders are usually completely gone in about four to five weeks. And so the omegas that I use, and I don't use them predominantly, but they're, from, um, they're tested to make sure there's no mercury in the oil, and they're pure fish oil. There's nothing synthetic about what I use. So I've never but, heard of anybody uh, saying that omega-3s. Well, Adam, Adam, Adam's going to explain how they become synthetic. But before he explains that, again, I want, you know, I want to reiterate, there are, um, I guess the ones that are usable, there's 14 uh, B, B vitamins that we make. Mm-hmm. We can't we can't ingest them. You think you can, but you can't. You want to get B B twelve? Go right ahead. You make your own. If you've got enough salt in your body, you make your own B complex. And so the being on the first time that um, Adam mentioned yellow fat, well, I'm not a guy who reads books. I'm 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 a person who looks up skirts. You know, I mean, are you a girl? Well, let's find out. You know, I don't, I don't trust transgender stuff, uh, but that's what you have to do as far as this is concerned. I think we're at, uh, we've come to our first musical break, so y'all come back in five minutes and we'll discuss more yellow fat. Thank you.
their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water.
whether it's yellow fat, blue fat, pink fat. Okay. I guess I don't understand your question. No, why do you think I asked it? I don't understand it either. Adam, help me. Adam, help. Well, Patrick, on this theme, Pat, if I can, because Yasmin has animals. And my question now, he asked me, do you feed your animals uh, fish products or from the sea? And an interesting connection, by the way, just dawned on me. Your veterinarian in Wall Street is a gentleman we've had on the show more than once. And uh, yep. I, going back to the sulfur, there's two questions here. But was it you that introduced him to sulfur? Now I understand his whole staff is on, sta- on sulfur. And the, yeah, you're the, talking about Jeffrey, Dr. Jeffrey Broderick? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Is that the connection? You introduced him to yeah. the sulfur? Yeah. Yeah. He said, yeah, wow. he said that she duct taped him in a chair and waterboarded him. That's what did you say? Yeah, he said, well, I, I, I may have been exaggerating a little bit. Oh. But it made sense to him. Uh-huh. You know, and, and now, yes, all of his staff is either on or they have to deal with the wrath of Jeffrey. Uh, but, and I said, well, how are the dogs doing? He says, I'm not giving it to the dogs. I'm giving it to the face of the owners of the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> They should figure out to give it to the dogs and the cats. I want them to take it, so I don't have to deal with people who are nuts. Well, Yasmin, do you feed your animals uh, sulfur? Yeah, I put it in their water. Okay, so there. And what about animal? I mean, the fish products uh, from the sea. Do you do you feed them any fish products? I, well, not really. I um, well, I won't, I don't give them tuna because I'm always concerned about mercury poisoning in the tuna. Right. Um, there is one canned food that I give my cats that has cod in it. Um, I have a hard time giving them anything with chicken, but I do because the animals, the cats are so fastidious and and picky, and if they don't like something, it doesn't matter how hungry they are, they just won't eat. And so I will give them chicken, but I always give them grain-free food, plus Jeffrey yeah. Broderick manufactures yeah. organic food, and they get that, too. Excellent. The, uh, you know, um, our, a cat, an owl, a, a dog, and even a snake to some regard, it's the same biology. It's plumbing. You put something in your mouth, it goes through plumbing, it comes out the other end. Uh-huh. If you don't utilize it, it may be stored as fat, yellow fat, blue fat, purple fat. I don't care what color fat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what's interesting to me is when, when I would be photographing uh, sort of the insides of people when they had made it to the morgue or made it to the path lab, uh, I did see yellow fat. And, and yeah. I thought it was just the age of the corpse. But I think Adam would say that's not true. You know, no, that, I would, agree. I would agree with that. that. That is not true. I mean, especially when people eat most, um, you know, oils are extracted from grain that's germinated in cold climate, and I think by law, um, these manufacturers can call call oil cold-pressed even when it's been cooked over 400 degrees, and if the body is warm and you're doing, you're extracting oil from grain that germinates in cold climate, even if it was truly cold-pressed, it would go rancid in the body. Now, that's so the root only, of the body. Well, that's the only oils I really eat are um, coconut oil and extra virgin olive oil. Okay. Now, Adam, you, you, you haven't said anything for the last couple of minutes, and I'm, I was afraid that 
Yes, we can now. That's what I wasn't sure of. Uh, I completely agree with that. I completely agree with that. You cannot cold press uh, a a grain oil, only things like olive oil and things that you can squeeze the first pressing, but to get a pressing out of that. So I'm on agreement with that. I'm not on agreement with fish oil, but that I can agree with wholeheartedly. Okay, but isn't it important at this time to, to mention that there are no fish on Antares? That's important. Okay, all right. Next, next point of order. Um, the um, uh, Vax the movie is, is is really doing fairly well, or so it seems to be, because they even played in U- Lehigh, Utah. And you know, the movie is not just about vaccines. The movie is about the fact that we have our dear illustrious leaders who believe it's more important to lie to us than tell us the truth. It's more profitable for them to lie to us instead of telling us the truth. And, uh, you know, when it comes to vaccines, I'm sorry, if someone can just mention one vaccine that's ever worked, I, you know, I won't, I'll get off my high horse and won't go into a triad. Tirade, excuse me, triad, three, yeah, okay. Um, and, uh, but, you know, this, I mentioned Andrew Molden. I, I didn't know him well. I'd spoken to him on the phone for about two hours. I've, I've reviewed his literature. And I'm a photographer, so I get it's like I'm being hit in the back of the head because each of the photographs demonstrating the type of vaccine or neurological damage that the child shows, I've photographed that numerous times. You know, you run into a 70-year-old with a droopy right lid. Go look at their post-vaccine picture from elementary school. Same droopy lid. Wasn't there before they got the vaccine. You know, photographs... Well, I, I could tell you a horror story about vaccinations i have a friend who had identical twins and they were both perfectly normal and then they had their first um, vaccines and they had different um, batches of the vaccines and one became autistic when he was perfectly normal before being vaccinated and he had to wear a diaper he act his body was responding as though he was autistic and he died right. in his sleep as, at the age of 14. Oh, that's sad. And the reason it's I say that sad is I believe that every child, I mean, our oldest child is 55. His name is Huey. It really is, baby Huey. And his uh-huh. mom is 82. She just had a birthday. And, uh-huh. she, you know, she's been changing his diaper up until three years ago. She finally potty trained him at the age of 52. Oh, my God. And, you know, but this is a woman who loves her baby. And she called me on the phone and says, Who's going to take care of my baby while I'm gone? Mm-hmm. And I said, you, gee, he'll take care of you. It hasn't happened yet, but, you know, they're both breathing. They're both alive. This is not, you know, this is not a game we're playing. We're just seeing if biology can win out over the chemical toxins of man. And the idea of man, that there's just too many of us. Well, that's the New World Order says, too. That's why they're trying to get rid of it. Yeah, but the, uh, what's going to happen is we're going to get rid of the New World Order. Well, I love your positiveness, Patrick, but... Uh... <laughs> it must be John talking. <laughs> yeah, it is John talking. But, I mean, here, let, 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 me, let me give you an idea. This is, I think there's a, there's a book by a man and plumber called The Vaccine Wars. Uh-huh. And we're at the tail end of the vaccine wars now, and, 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 and or not vaccine, but aspirin wars. We're at the tail end of the aspirin wars now in, 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 as far as the vaccines are concerned. Because what they found out with aspirin is, boy, everybody wanted it and they'd pay for it. 
Didn't matter where they were. So the sales of vaccines from 1827 financed the manufacturing of chemical fertilizers in 1860. And then the receipts from the chemical fertilizers and the vaccines allowed Germany to start World War One and start World War Two. They financed it internally. They didn't have to borrow money from us. They had their own money in that, at that time. You know, that's, the amount of money made from aspirin alone is astronomical. To the sun and back 400,000 times a nickel at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's the, we've, we've all been hoodwinked. But we're also human beings who have the capability of reasoning and, and, and not necessarily believing everything we hear, but believing everything our body does. You know, if, if you've been in a wheelchair for 20 years and now you're walking, something changed. Absolutely. And Patrick, you mentioned Andrew Molden before, but you failed to mention that he was murdered because of all his discoveries. That was before the uh, GCMAF uh, trilogy began. Well, he, you know, because he had already, you know, he published his photographs damning the vaccines, but he was a Canadian, so no one really listened to him. But when he came down to Florida to find a practice, now he was in the wrong territory. Now he was a Yankee out of town. Yeah, yeah, but still, he, he ended up on the slums. So. home, yeah. Well, yeah, and that's, uh, he, he at one time was even running for PM, Prime Minister of Ottawa. Mm. So, you know, this is like, this is a guy like Flanagan. Uh, he didn't have just one pursuit. He was not stupid, you know, and, and he was a good observer. Uh, but unfortunately, he wasn't politically correct, and therefore he's not alive. Nicholas Gonzalez tried really hard to be politically correct, and he's dead. Too many people who are trying to help you and I be healthy are finding their way very dead due to mysterious causes, because the pharmaceutical industry is that greedy. And, you know, excuse me, Yasmin, you you mentioned about Dr. Kelly, who was the protege of, uh, or no, actually, uh, Gonzalez was his protege, but you mentioned him in your book about the uh, the tropoplasm and the probiotic enzymes, which I I appreciated. But one thing I do want to ask you, we still have time before the next break, Uh, and I studied all these 40 years, you know, on a a kid-chip basis here, but... Everything seems to me it comes down to toxicity. And I'm quoting from your book here, detoxification of the body is imperative. I have to agree with that. And, uh, you know, you, you go through a couple different things here. But the, the one question that bothers me, because I, I, I touched here, you were talking about diflucan, which mm-hmm. is an antifungal. And uh, what I like, uh, it says uh, it, it's not very successful in ridding the body of fungus or candida albicans. Because cell wall fungus tries to survive by converting itself into cell wall deficient fungus, where it okay. remains dormant in the body until the drug therapy is stopped. Then it comes back with a vengeance. And I've I've read that before about the uh, uh, about certain things like <laughs> Lyme disease. You know, uh-huh. it goes and it sequesters itself in the cell, and then boom! Once the uh, antibiotics are done, it comes back with a vengeance. So, right. what's your take on all that? I mean, you wrote it. <laughs> well, at least when um, when a person has systemic fungus, and then they're doing something to knock out the fungus, either with medication, which of course I don't agree with, 
or even a natural um, natural products that um, obliterate fungus. The only way you can really get rid of it is that um, vitamin B15, which is also known as dimethylglycine, will actually destroy the cell wall deficient fungus. So when you're off the protocol to kill the fungus, there is no cell wall fungus left that can convert back into cell wall. I mean, there's no cell wall deficient fungus left that will convert back to cell wall fungus and then start proliferating again. So I always use dimethylglycine. Okay, well, is this cell wall deficient fungus, is this a bioweapon that they put on us? Or is this a naturally occurring? uh, I think it's naturally occurring. Okay. It's naturally occurring, and it just... It's just as, you know, it's just like when people take an antibiotic. Antibiotics will bury infection deeper into the tissue, and then eventually the um, infection resurfaces. Now, if you take a probiotic at least two hours away from an antibiotic, very often you can stop that from happening. But, but most often people take antibiotics, and then within about 47 days the infection resurfaces again, and it's usually... Their immune system is more broken down, so the infection can be more aggressive. But with fungus, fungus is so rampant because people are eating carbohydrates and they're eating sugars and they're eating a lot of fast food that almost everybody I've worked with has fungus in the blood. In fact, for years when I worked with people with cancer, and it was well before Dr. Tullio Simoncini wrote the book Cancer is a Fungus, I found that everybody I worked with with cancer, and mind you, I've been in business for almost 40 years, I always found that they had fungus. But the truth is, I didn't know cancer was a fungus, not until Tullio Simoncini wrote the book, Cancer is a Fungus. But I found that everybody I worked with with cancer had fungus in their blood. And so I would always address the fungus in their blood while I was addressing the cancer. And I was getting very good results as long as they didn't do um, a lot of chemo and radiation. And so it was kind of a shock to me to find out that I'd been doing something that was actually killing off fungus by treating them for fungus. I mean, that would uh, get rid of cancer by treating fungus. That's um, interesting, because uh, Tullio Simoncini is one of my paisans. <laughs> Italian. Really? No, I'm just teasing you. Oh, but the okay, fact is that I've seen a lot of, I've read a lot of him, and he's talking that uh, a fungus is, is the candida albicans, was what he's saying. And, of it course, is. as you know, he used the bicarbonate of soda as his solution. And, uh, right, but he always injected sodium bicarbonate in a solution into a tumor, and... I actually emailed him at one time, and I said, what do you do if there's cancer in the blood but there's no tumor? And he said that he couldn't treat them. But then Mark Circus in Brazil started advocating people taking sodium bicarbonate mixed with water and ingesting it, and he was getting very good results as well. Yeah, but Hmm. you've got to think about the time frame for the results he's getting, and I like Mark very, very well. Um, And the... um, but he did live at the bottom of a volcano at one time, and no one told him. So, but, you know, in, in, in all the cases you're talking about, and I'm not a clinician. I'm just a dumb old medical photographer. I don't know squat. <laughs> but our uh, Lyme disease, the parasite, the spirochete, goes looking for another host. Right. The tissue is too soft and pliable to screw into. 
And I'm a guy who watches girls at the mall, and I can tell you who's got yeast. Because they scratch their crotch when Noah's watching. Oh, funny. <laughs> and, you know, and, and when they stop scratching their crotch, I don't have to ask them if the yeast is mm-hmm. on, but I sure hear it mm-hmm. a lot from the people who call us to get sulfur. Uh-huh. No, no, no. No, no, no what? Richard, were you, were you no, no, annoying, or was that the great big dog that came in the room? So when we started the study, all I was trying to do was keep my son alive, and he had five courses of uh, cisplatin chemotherapy, which will generally kill an elephant. And uh, the other people who were in his same chemo group, they had had multiple courses of chemo and radiation and another bit of chemo and, you know, and all this. They discovered they were alive before my son did. It took my son a year and a half to even consider taking himself. But it was an article out of Great Britain that said, well, 28,000 women who only did sulfur did not have more radiation, did not have more surgery, did have mo- not have more chemotherapy. And 25 years later, all 28,000 of these British women were still alive. That's what got my son to take sulfur, not, not my smiling face. We'll be back in five. And uh, run and get every need because it'll be all oh, the next part is even more fun. See you then. have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU-band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $140 
$149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
back. Welcome back. World War Three has been canceled. Just check your daily newspaper. You'll find that's true. All those people who are of age said they don't want to play, so unless the rich guys, the old guys, don't fight for the war, we're not going to do it. So uh, I haven't uh, brought uh, my co-host up on the air for about six and a half hours now. So Richard uh, Stump is my co-host this evening with our special guest. Richard, please say hello to the audience. Hello, audience. <laughs> and then John Panagudi is joining us, even though he failed in in what was really intended at Benghazi. <laughs> hey, did you tell me that uh, Dr. Stump has grown a beard? He has. Are the women liking it, uh, Richard? <laughs> well, you got three girlfriends. Enough, Dad. Okay, remember, we have a guest. We have a guest. And our special it's, guest tonight. Our other choir member, yeah, by the way. Yeah, a question seat. like that's very unusual. Yeah, <laughs> all I can <laughs> say is it's a very ticklish situation. Okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. All right, all right. And, Adam, have you grown a beard on top of your head? Uh, I wish. Oh, okay, a whoosh. You know, I've, I've, I've tried whooshing myself. It hasn't worked, but I've tried it. And then our special guest tonight is uh, a lady who does not like sick people. She doesn't like sick people. So if you want to be sick the rest of your life, then don't call her. If you're in the Colorado area and, you're, and you don't want to be sick the rest of your life, you know, see if you want to go say hi. She's a nice person. So... Dr. Yasmin Marka from Colorado, from Centennial something or other, where they shoot everybody. Don't they shoot everybody where you live? I'm sorry? Don't they shoot everybody where you live in Centennial, Colorado? I hope not. No, I don't think so. Oh, good, good. I, I'm so pleased to hear that. All right, so the... Excuse me, but what you, Yasmin, yeah. Yasmin, why don't you give the listening audience uh, a contact number where they can obtain your book? I will totally endorse it. I mean, it's an amazing book. Thank you, Doc. It's very erudite and very, uh, it's just full of knowledge, it, uh, you know, from your experience. And I think that's the best way to go. Well, pretty soon. If you have a bad back, update. have someone else pick it up off the porch. Uh, say that again? Because it's so if heavy? If you have a bad back, get someone else to pick up this heavy <laughs> book off the porch. Well, I've, I've actually had a few got, people suggest yeah. I make my book into three or four smaller books. No, 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 no. You know, this is one of those books that will be around driving everybody crazy. Uh, Cindy's daughter uh, got a hold of the book even before Cindy got a hold of it and pretty much dog-eared every page. Oh, well, yeah. I think that's a good thing. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, unless you're just telling funny stories, that's what we do. Uh, you know, but it, it, it used to be there. You could go to an old manual and say, "What do you do if your kid's dying?" Where you would go to page six, kids dying. Oh, okay. And uh, and and your book sort of is that sort of a reference. You know, it, I think it is. I, I you know, yeah. years and years of of work and realizing that, you know, if you want to take responsibility to heal your own body, you have to know exactly what to do. And I personally. Because I was so sick when I was young and I was given six months to live, I would read a book a week just crazed trying to find an answer to turn my health around. And I couldn't find anything that put it all together. And so after I'd been practicing for quite a few years, I kept having people that, I, that were my clients saying, 
please write a book, please write a book. And so finally I did, but I really had no idea that this book, I spent 13 years writing this book and committed to 20 hours a week. And so I pretty much put my life on hold to get this book done. And at first I thought I could get it done in two months, and then I had an editor that would say, well, when do you do this, and how how much do you do, and how long does it take? And, you know, he just kept bombarding me with questions, which were good, because that way I could answer questions before they, they were even asked in the book. You know, I tried to make it as clear and concise as I possibly could. And it was very difficult. But my phone number is 303-799-7755. Well worth the investment. Now, if we can change gears quickly, if I may. Yes, I mean, I'm quoting out of your book because of our conversation with DHA, but uh, a very brief quote here. A healthy amount of omega-3 fatty acids will clear fat out of the cells and reduce plaque buildup in the arteries. AOA, alpha-linoleic acid, converts into EPA and DHA in the body, which is especially important for normal physical and cognitive development in children. In the last sentence here, it is also important to note that flax oil is not good for some metabolic types. Now, I know you do typing, metabolic typing, which Kelly was the uh, the pioneer on, and some people are allergic to flax. Uh, Mm -hmm. It should be a consideration. And just a quick mention about Dr. Joanna Budwig, because, uh, you know, the, the uh, linseed oil lady is Germany, but uh, nine times nominated for the Nobel Prize and politically never got it. But she right. used sulfurated proteins, i.e. cottage cheese, with flaxseed. Right. She had thousands right. of cancer cures just using that one program. Right. So, well, hey, there's, you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat, and the cat will always be mad. No matter how you skin the cat, the cat's always going to be mad at you. You know, in the 17 years that we haven't known anything, what we've observed is no insight of anything. And you know, and the only thing that we really watch people do is put sulfur back into their diet. It was taken away; they just put it back. Right. And uh, you know, and so the the uh, the article from uh, Grimble at the College of Nutrition or the School of Nutrition at the College of South Medical School, Southampton explains that our entire immune system is based on sulfur-based amino acids. Well, why are we sick? Because there isn't any sulfur in our diet. And why is that, Patrick? Because we like to use chemical fertilizer and manure stinks. Right. Your buddy there, uh, 1954, that's when they changed it all. Just destroyed the sulfur. Well, that was, yeah, that, but, you know, Ezra Pat Benson did not know that he was condemning his great-grandchildren to lives of painful cancer. He didn't know that. Well, I'm not he convinced just, of that. He just knew that his rich buddies were going broke and they had to do something, so they approved chemical fertilizers, even though the U.S. had fought them tooth and nail. Because uh, do you remember the? I know you weren't there, John. The Dust Bowl. Do you remember the Dust Bowl? No. Well, they used all these chemicals, and everything blew away, and everyone had to leave. It's called the Dust Bowl. Oh, the Dust Bowl back in Oklahoma. Yeah, I'm the sorry. Dust Bowl. It used to be the Pro Bowl, but they changed it to the Dust Bowl. Right. Okay, so you know that's every the the thing that I like is there's so many things that work, and when we realize those things that are synergistic and work together with other things, you know, then we get remarkably healthy, and then the dear people at the pharmaceutical cartels and all the drug manufacturers 
they just go casually broke because we don't buy their stuff anymore. Okay. It's a long time before that happens, Patrick. Well, well people are, you know, people are getting more and more, um, you know, they're getting acutely aware of how the drugs that they're taking are impacting their bodies in a negative well, yeah. way. Yeah, you know, I mean, you get up in the morning and if you feel like crap and you go and take another pill and now you feel worse, well, that's yeah. clever. I have a guy that I've been working with since he was 75 and now I think he's 81 and he had had open heart surgery and his doctor had put him on 10 different medications and he came to me and wanted to know if I had alternatives and I told him I couldn't legally take him off drugs but I could give him alternatives and um, I did a blood chemistry on him and I was in shock when I found out according to the blood that his cardio C-reactive protein was really high and his homocysteine was high and he was ready to pop with another heart attack and what blew me away is that his medical doctor, his heart doctor had never done a cardio C-reactive protein on him nor had he done a homocysteine test on him and my client didn't even know what those two tests were about. And well, most, so I, 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 I'm sorry? I, you know, I've, got, I've got 48 years in, in uh, hanging around uh, live and dead people around the medical center, and I really don't know what those tests are. Uh, well, they're the tests you know, to indicate one, Oh, no, no, I, 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 what I mean is you know what they I, are now. I know something, and I really don't know what those tests are. But one of the things I do know is when I was you know, cutting my teeth in the medical center, we used to study poop. Uh-huh. We would study poop. How ridiculous. You, you know, a stool sample just doesn't cross the, the clinical lab's desks anymore. They've got all these no. numbers. They don't need poop. Mm-hmm. Well, poop's very valuable. Poop, I mean, if your dog smells its own poop, it must be really valuable. <laughs> well, I have a lab that um, does diagnostic testing on... Um on people's stools, stool samples, to see what's going on in their bodies and their digestive tract, as I well as parasitic I, yeah, I, I have to interrupt. This is cute. I used to date a girl. Her name was Wendy, and, and she could chew soil samples and tell you if there was gold in it. She, she could chew what? A chemical lab. She, yeah, she could tell you if there was gold in the soil sample. Really? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Now, she never really took advantage of that, but she also used to love eating cornstarch. Really? Yeah. Why? And, uh, well, hey, I'm just, I don't know anything. I just observed. <laughs> oh, because it depletes the body of B vitamins. <laughs> well, you know, we all came from the dirt. Uh-huh. But we didn't come from cornstarch. No, that, that, and, that, and I've run into other people who have the same desire to eat chalk stuff and and uh i've never heard anybody explain really what it's all about and a deficiency in what chart chalk uh you know yeah. calcium carbonate uh, i i don't i don't think that's really a thing we need more of we no. have too much chlorine and too much calcium in the first place but the um you know you you mentioned that when you had to rewrite the book is because you learned about sulfur well because i was and impressed too. with what it has done and when i have people on protocols not only do they do the sulfur during the cleanse because it's a detoxification method, but in oh addition to that, it also, um, you know, helps to rebuild the body. It, de- it, gets, it gets rid of heavy metal toxicity, which I think everybody has these days. 
And so I have them do it during their cleanse as well as the building program. And, you know, and the only thing that we really have people do is just take sulfur. And, you know, so in a sense it's a double or a quadruple or a quintuple blind study because we're getting the feedback from so many clinicians who are seeing exactly uh-huh. the same thing. You know, mm-hmm. don't don't drop the other protocols. Just add the thing that's been missing. Add the sulfur. Just add the sulfur. Just add the sulfur. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I'm trying to reconnect with all the ophthalmologists who I trained, and they've all retired or died. Ah. You know, so all the effort I spent training these clowns, and they're all retired or died. There's one in New Mexico. I'll, I'll get uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Cobb to chase him down. Um you know, this is their. Uh, this is the sort of information. The information that's in your book, everybody should know, and the information about sulfur, everybody should know, and the information about vaccines, everybody should know. You're right, Patrick. Yes, but Patrick, you're putting all your eggs in one basket when you're saying detoxification, and that's what I questioned Yasmin earlier because I think that's the kindergarten or the genesis of all disease is toxicity, and we're adding to it. And what she just said is why this morning I was at my uh, doctor down in Miami getting chelation because I believe it's more than just sulfur to, to, to take all these problems out of the body. I mean, you need, well, hey, I'm a no, I'm no, John, veteran. John, we, don't, we don't disagree with you at all. It's just the majority of the people who contact us, they've either done all that to no success or, or you know, they're, uh, they're grasping at straws. I mean, they've been everywhere else. They spend way too much money. And they all respond. Now, you know, the, I, I can't attribute the fact that you're still alive at 73 be, just due to sulfur, you know, because I understand that you're Italian. I, you know, I understand you're a paisano. And yeah, but paisano. Uh, pizza together, you, you, it screws it up. You can't, mix, you can't put sulfur on pizza. Don't do it. Well, I'm just Italian saying that that was a pizza joke. Eat heavy guns. I know. <laughs> I know. And pizza's a Chinese thing anyway. Well, we're, you know, so, we're living in such a toxic world that detoxification yeah. is really important. Now, but I, I, I'm going to back everybody up. Um, autism, 1938, one of the researchers investigating vaccines gave to his son. His son was the first reported case of true vaccine damage. Uh, we didn't see a whole lot of that until 1954 when we took the sulfur out of the soil. Now the increasing vaccines were producing an increasing number of Autistic children, people uh-huh. with allergies, people with uh-huh. cancer, people with bad attitudes, Republicans, uh, a Satanists, uh, and for sure, all of the Illuminati. I mean, why are they bad guys? Because they've got a pain in the butt. And all the pains in the butt that we've encountered have gone away with sulfur. The, the pain-relieving aspect of sulfur is remarkable. And, you know, if the marijuana cardholders don't buy pot for the pain, only to get high, maybe the sulfur's working. Well, Patrick, as you said so uh, right along, pain is an absence of oxygen, and sulfur is the oxygen transport mineral that everybody's deficient in. So when you add it back in, pain go away. Am I correct? Hey, or all these people are lying to us. (laughs) <laughs> hang on Marge I'm going to call this guy and tell him my pain's going away but it's not I heard all over but I want to tell him it's going away no people don't do that if your pain's gone your pain's gone and if you want an interesting experiment stop taking the sulfur early on the pain comes back 
Six months down the road, seven months down the road, the pain isn't there anymore because you repaired the cells that were damaged. And it doesn't matter where the cells are, in your brain, in your toe, in your nose. It really doesn't matter. We go back to our conception. We go back to our biology at our conception when we had everything that we needed because that's what moms are for. Hey, if I may, Yasmin, I'm also che- checking in your book here, and uh, people should know about this, and you endorse the, uh, the lemon juice olive oil uh, cleanse for the, the gallbladder, which are right. gallstones, but really, as you know, come from the liver. They're just deposited well, there. Well, they come from the gallbladder. The backup from the liver is in the gallbladder. Right. And the lo- Yeah. But the point I want to make is that it's funny, because I have been in, in the last, I don't know, 25 years, three emergency rooms for a gallbladder attack. And oh fortunately, I knew about the, the, the cleanse, and I uh-huh. just went home and no problem. And, and all three times, they wanted it, they were surgically removed the gallbladder. I said, no, I still got it. And uh, there's an old lady uh, years ago up in Vermont, and you know these French Canadians, they have like 14, 15 children. But she was telling my wife and I about a story when she had her, uh, she was scheduled for gallbladder surgery, and one of her kids called up from a daughter from Florida and said, Mom, just take olive oil. Didn't say how much. She took a tumblerful. Can you imagine drinking that? you got to hold your nose. No. But she I can't, because it's really, I mean, I'm not a big fan of olive oil, but I love what it does. <laughs> well, anyway, she passed her stones, and as you know, we make them by our diet. So years later, she had some more stones, and she knew what to do. But this mm-hmm. time she caught the uh, the the uh, elimination in a colander, washed it out, and put the stones in a jar and kept them on her mantle so she could show people her gallstones. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it works. It, the, the program works. I mean, uh, three yeah, times it worked yeah. for me. So I want to endorse that. Also. Years ago, I had a client who called me after he was literally in a hospital, getting on a gurney to go have surgery to have his gallbladder removed, and his cell phone rang. So he answered the phone, and the guy on the other end was a client of mine and said, you know, he said, don't do the surgery, go to Yasmin. And so the guy jumped off the gurney <laughs> and canceled the surgery and came to see me, and he got rid of all his gallstones. Congratulations. That's beautiful. Yeah. Want, you know, it was pretty funny. I actually forgot to write that in my book. I should have written that in my book because it was such a funny story. Yasmin, when you do, you have to add this little visual. Being he jumped off the gurney, he had one of those ridiculous hospital gowns on. That's so right. So he saw his fanny. Yeah. You know, as he ran on, no, cancel, give me a cab. Let's get out of here. Um, <laughs> you know, if, yeah, if, if it's you're pretty funny yeah, because um, I can't imagine. That took a lot of guts for him to do that. <laughs> you know, I'm curious. Richard, you, you've been around for a while. Did they teach you anything <laughs> in medical school about uh, this area of or did you pick it up along the way anywhere? No, no uh, that was not taught in medical school. Uh, you're taught uh, the pharmaceutical uh, products only. Okay. Yeah. But I thought maybe back then they, they kept a little bit of the old stuff in there, you know, maybe. No. They, they, no. I know they did because when I was really sick at 19, I um, went to see, instead of having um, surgery because I had 19 tumors in my body at the time, I went to see a woman chiropractor who had been married to a medical doctor, and he taught her how to get rid of tumors naturally. He said they stopped teaching it in medical school because there wasn't enough money to be made. 
So she taught me Absolutely. how to get rid of those tumors naturally, and um, I got rid of 19 tumors in six weeks. Can you explain how? You mentioned that in your book, and that was a question I always wanted to query you about. What did you employ to do that? Well, first of all, I did a lot of juice fasting, a lot of detoxification, and then I put myself on a parasite program because cancer, people with cancer have the human intestinal fluke and red worms. And so um, I detoxified myself by doing a parasite program, and when I did the parasite program, all the tumors went away after I detoxified for two weeks. Yeah, that was the old Hold the Quark uh, deal, too. Yeah. About the parasites. It's real, yeah. I believe. Yeah. yeah. What about detox? Did you do coffee enemas? or? Yes, I did all of that. I did colonic therapy, and I did coffee enemas. I did all of that. Yeah. And yeah, I, would do, I would do them twice yeah, a day. Hang on. I need to interrupt. When we initially started the study, we, we ran into about 20 colon hydrotherapists from New York. Uh-huh. Now, I've heard a lot of people say funny jokes about New York, but 20 hydrotherapists in New York City called us. Uh-huh. And uh, two of them are still doing uh, colonics. The others uh-huh. are not. They left? They, they, they become nutritionists. Oh. You know, they tell, they tell people, you know, it could be what you're eating, Blanche. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, well, I've had, the, I've uh, had clients who've had colon um colon hydrotherapy and the kind of um colonic machine that was being used is called let me think what it's called. Oh, I can't remember now what it's called, but it actually has a window so you can see what's coming out. And yeah. and some of my clients have seen worms coming out. We're gonna go to the song we'll be back in five. <laughs> now, sorry about the worms, guys. All right, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> The day that the rain came down, Mother Earth smiled again. Now the lilacs could bloom. Now the fields could grow green. The day that the rain came down, buds were born. internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. 
888-646-3659 or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
<laughs> Welcome back. Um, our guest tonight is Dr. Yaz- Yasmin Marka from Colorado. Uh, my co-host is Richard L. Stump, Adam Bergstrom from Anteros, who hasn't had a chance to say a word because John's back and brought his notes. Uh, and so everyone say hello. Say hello. And, and hello, hello. We may not get a chance hello, to hello, say hello. 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 Exactly. <laughs> oh, we're now. Yeah. Being that the cellular matrix study has now adopted this sort of campaign that all of the autistic kids can come back. If, if, that's what, if that's what our goal is, that's what our goal is. If in the meantime all of the seniors who have also gone lost in their own mind should come back, now that's cool. But from what we've experienced, just by adding sulfur and allowing people to be reasonable about what they eat, everybody's alive. Everybody's better than they were. Um, we haven't healed anybody. A lot of them have healed themselves. And you know, but it's just another piece of the puzzle. We are a jigsaw puzzle. While we've been talking, I've been looking at photographs I took of, uh, really about 12, 13 years ago of blood vessels in the conjunctiva of the eye. You know, and they're the same blood vessels that in every other part of our body, and if they exhibit certain characteristics, maybe our plumbing is messed up. So, you know, as we learn more about our own body, we will need less of the pharmaceutical people. We will need less of the allopaths and the surgeons. They're all nice guys. Come on. They're just badly trained. And then we can, you know, we can build a bigger parking lot in, in Colorado for Yasmin. Okay, so now with that, all that said. Yes, Excuse me. Just to embellish what you're saying about sulfur, um, in the study, you have over 100 people that were in case, beyond stage four, go home and die, you're going to die tonight or tomorrow. They're still living. I just want to embellish that because uh, you can add to that. I don't know. What the, I think the number is 104 now. Well, I don't know what else. You know, we tried to kill them. Hey, you haven't succeeded. Well, you know, if, you're, if the FDA says 1,000 milligrams of MSM is uh, adequate and we get these crazy people to take a, a tablespoon three times a day, I mean, that's 36 grams of sulfur. That's a lot of sulfur. Well, they didn't die. You know, they got, eventually got to the point where they went back to a teaspoon twice a day because, hey, you know, they lost their oncologist phone number. You know, Patrick, the proof is also, in the pudding. If I may, one last story, and then I'll be quiet, but it just uh, goes along with what Yasmin was saying about the uh, colonics. And uh, my son is 40 years, 39 years old, and that's, well, he was six months old when I went on my first fast, and I didn't know what I was doing. And in that quest, uh, I learned about colonics. I didn't know what a colonic was. So I found this old gentleman. He's a chiropractor up in Montpelier, and he had the old-fashioned machine, you know, the big five-gallon thing. And we're sitting there for 45-minute duration, and I, and I asked questions. And I asked him, I said, what's the most notable thing? And he mentioned he had a young guy come to him that was dying, literally dying. Uh, he'd been in the hospital, and they couldn't figure out what's wrong with him. And he would upchuck. Everything he ate, he'd upchuck. So he's watching that little glass tube you just referred to, Yasmin, and they all have them. Uh-huh. And he sees what's coming out, and he sees these little green strands, you know, series of them. And he asked him what his last meal was. He said, dandelion greens. They went in his colon, compacted it, and the trigger... Now, here's a life-saving device. I believe coffee enemas and clocks are life-saving devices. You've seen it. Yeah. Examples of it. Yeah. Everybody. We all have. You know, so, uh, years ago... Begun growing, but... had, the, had the dandelions begun growing in his gut? 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but they came out. That's what saves his life. Well, yes, and, and, and I walked in. I walked into room four one day, and they had this big bowel opened up, and here's a, a yellow plant growing in his bowel. Oh my God! Seriously? They, no chlorophyll, so it was yellow. But yeah, it was it was, it was, a, it was, a, it was a fern. Wow. Uh, you you can Is that go for to real, the animals. Yeah, and I, I went, didn't have a camera at that time, so no one photographed it. They said, well, that's interesting. Next. Wow. You know, you know years ago, they, I had, that, a, that I had a friend who was a colonic therapist, and she did gravity colonics, which means that you have the, um, oh, the rectal tube in the colon, and then you can evacuate around it instead of having the kind that, that you see what's coming out through the window. And I asked her um, how long she'd been doing it, if she had anybody that uh, she had really a miraculous turnaround with. And she said, yes, that a woman came to her with kidney disease. And she committed to this woman that she would come in every day of the year, every day, until that woman's colon was completely cleaned. And she said on day 365, the woman passed a penny. She had swallowed a penny when she was five years old, and it took 365 days of colonic therapy before she passed that penny. That's how much impactions and incrustations she had along the walls of her colon. Which everybody has today, correct me, Yasmin? Well, they do if they miscombine food, which means that, you know, people... People who miscombine food, you're not, you know, you shouldn't eat protein and starch together, meat and potatoes. You shouldn't eat fruit with um, animal protein. You know, there's a lot of rules, and it's all in my book. But when people miscombine their food, their food sits in their stomach and rots. And when it rots, you don't get nutritive value from it, so it starts um, congesting along the walls of the bowel and it causes a buildup of fecal matter and incrustations over the years. And that's what happened to that woman. She was in her mid-60s, and she passed a penny after day 365. And this colonic therapist went in, no matter what, every day of the year, even on Christmas, all the holidays, to help this woman. Uh, but she turned around, and she got rid of the kidney yeah, yeah. disease. Yeah, I just have to jump in here because uh, the uh, one of the first things that I hear from men and women who are sort of past 60 is that a regular bowel move for them is once every four or five days. Well, that's and bad. Our, yeah, our, our study members now of 2 million, I'm sorry, two or three times a day. All they've been doing That's what it should be. You should have a bowel movement around approximately 45 minutes after a meal. So. And, you know, and, it's, it's, and, people, and people don't have time for those kind of, I mean, don't, I don't have time to poop. <laughs> I'm busy. You know, I don't have time to poop. <laughs> well, that's Are you okay. sitting here full of it? <laughs> on occasion, on occasion, yeah. But the, uh, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm amazed that people will hold their excrement to the point of damaging themselves because they don't have time to poop. I can't believe that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you must have had a lot. And Richard, too, you've yeah. had a lot of patients that were constipated for the length of times. 
I'm sure you have those patients. Well, you know, it depends on a person's metabolic type. If they're parasympathetic dominant or slow oxidizers, then they usually have a history of constipation. But um, depending on the metabolic well, I, I, type. Hang on, hang on. We don't have anybody who has constipation anymore at all. I'm all, sorry? Right? Yeah, 60% of the sulfur is fiber. Yeah. And, and you know so they shouldn't have they shouldn't uh, I mean, have problems with bowel movements if they're taking sulfur every day. Well, we don't you know we haven't run into any. Remember, we try to kill everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, and it's it's not a joke. I mean, it's, if if the if the the dear people from the pharmaceutical industry made a point of never studying sulfur, then it behooves us to try to kill everybody. And when we well, fail, people are responsible for killing themselves with the way they treat their bodies. And, you know, nobody's oh, know. perfect. And so I, I'm very careful not to judge people when they don't eat right. First of all, when they first come to me, yeah. you know, how can I judge somebody when they're coming to me to learn? But the other Especially thing is... Yeah. Do they bring their moccasins you know, with them? Their moccasins? Yeah. I have no idea you know, anybody brings... Well, if you walked a, a mile in someone else's moccasins, oh, you probably shouldn't okay. stick your nose in, the, in judgmental stuff. Well, and the other thing is, is people are human, and I'm not perfect over holidays. I'm, I might miscombine my food over a holiday, but I'm, I'm pretty good about not miscombining my food. <laughs> are you laughing at me or with me, Patrick? Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Yasmin, did you get uh, Richard's question? How old was the penny? No. Say that what, again? what was the date on the penny? I don't know. I didn't ask. <laughs> I want to know if the woman was Scotch. Would she what? Would you say? If she was a Scotch ancestry. Oh, I have no idea about that. I didn't ask. <laughs> and that information was not offered to me, so I don't know. But I know well, that and, she know, got better, and she turned uh, she turned it around by detoxifying her bowel. And um, what what sulfur has to do is make scar tissue go away. Right. That's and, true. It, and it doesn't matter where the scar tissue is; it mm -hmm. has to make scar tissue go away. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's that, that's before we learn about anything else. It has to make scar tissue go away. And uh, and the women that I talked to were just gracious. Because they'll feel their scars and tell me about them. They know where their scars are. Men aren't too easy to feel their scars and tell me over the phone where they're feeling because they're men. Huh. Interesting. You know, they're boys. Uh, but, you know, because the majority of the people in our study are women, are girls, and, you know, and, and their interest is actually sort of moving on and, and staying alive. I'm, I'm just so impressed with the number of people who call us who want to stay alive. Shocker. What a weird concept. Yeah, what a weird concept. Yeah. Well. And our average age remains, yeah, 77 is our average age still. I know, and that's not very old. No, it's very young. And, and our 80-year-olds are now beginning to understand that, and they're planning for the next four decades. <coughs> wow. At the age of 77, John, they're expecting another four decades? At the age of 80-plus. Oh, wow. That's a good and, you know, if, they if they weren't such Bible believers, they'd probably shoot past 120. But they remember what happened to Moses. You know, he struck the rock three times. Other than he lived a really long life. Yeah. 
Uh, but, you know, we have Methuselah in this study. I you can't do. tell you how old he is. He won't tell. <laughs> well, Dr. Um, Norman Walker never divulged his age. Do you know who Dr. Norman Walker was? Yeah, he was 116, wasn't he? When he, died, he fell off a uh, fell off a, a ladder. I can't understand what you're saying. I'm sorry. He fell off a ladder at 116, as I understand it. He didn't fall off a ladder. I, my understanding is he died. He was a, a personal friend of one of the doctors I studied under, and he built an addition to his house without the help of a carpenter at the age of 114. Right. Wow. And I believe he well, died that, at 125. I would imagine, you know, what end of the nail to hit with a hammer you'd know by then. <laughs> <laughs> he was an amazing man. He never told anybody how old he was. Yeah, well, he was a personal friend yeah, of one of my professors. Judge him. Say, too old. Why are you still alive? Why? I mean, why? you shouldn't be alive. You're uh, you're using up resources that we could use. Go and die. He was an amazing you know, man. That's Bill, that's Bill Gates's attitude. It is. But, that, but that's why he well, wrote all the books and is all about raw food, all uh, juicing, uh, salads, and uh, water. He he believed in distilled water. And look at he's a proof. Proof positive of, of uh, what he preached. Are you talking about Dr. Walker? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, he always books. practiced what he preached. Yeah. He lived a totally raw, organic diet. In fact, I had a client who was a movie producer, and I turned her on to some of his books. And so she called, and she wanted to do um, a documentary on him. And he told her that he gave all the glory to God, and he didn't want any notoriety. Wow, that's too Christian. He would, he would well, not yeah, yeah, do that, I mean, that's who is doing the work. Come on. You, mean, you think I sit out here in Murray, Utah, and do anything? No, God does the work. I just make sure the sulfur gets there. That's right. But he, you know, it was just amazing that he was that humble because he was such an amazing man. Well, you know, unfortunately, we haven't known all of those amazing men who were humble. Yeah. All we know are the, you know, are the egomaniacs. I'm sorry, anybody if you can, who thinks Napoleon was humble, you're not. Oh yeah. And he uh, had the Napoleon know, complex. Yeah, <laughs> and he also had an itch. Um, I think he had a parasite, quite frankly. Um, but the, you know, as as we approach this a very very important election year of 2016, there's only one stellar crazy guy who's against vaccines, and his name is Donald Trump. His and wife won't let their child be vaccinated. Pardon? Did you know that that his well, wife will that. not allow their son to be vaccinated? Yeah, if you want any nookie, Donnie, don't vaccinate the Baron. Right. That's a, that's a verified quote, and you know, and uh, I'm sorry, I wouldn't kick the girl out of bed. She's and, beautiful. You know, and, and and Donald's never really had a, a reputation for fooling around that I know of. They never they never send me those notes. And you know, there is there's a certain value in being able to go home and cuddle with mommy. Huh. You know, all of us boys want let's go cuddle with mommy. And without mommy, we boys would be total idiots. Well, any boy out there who doesn't believe that is a total idiot. I was and never I a boy who could have mommy. But, you know, I've been doing this long enough that I now, uh, there's certain things that I can be sort of minusculely, you know, judgmental about. 
vaccines, I don't have to be, you know, they're unsafe, they're nasty, they're dangerous, Mm -hmm. and they're trying to kill off our kids and our parents and us. And, you know, this is the year that we end them all because we just say no. Everyone in California will say no, and then Jerry Brown will send out the troops, and then we'll send out all the people who have the guns because they forgot to take away the guns, and then the troops will think, oh, this is not a good place to be, and they'll go run and hide because they're just getting paid. The other guys have guns, and they're serious about freedom. Um, you know, there, there will be no clash. There won't, there's no need of one. The information that's now getting out to everyone about how to be healthy is going to bankrupt the pharmaceutical industry, which is going to bankrupt the war machine, which is going to bankrupt both the Democratic and the Republican parties, and they'll have to live on their own resources. We, on the other hand, we, the people, will finally control our own government. I hope that's the case. John thinks I'm rather daft. You know, but I, you know, but I speak to people who are even more daft than I, and they think it's a great idea. Just bankrupt these guys. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't just shoot anybody or hang anybody. Just take all their money. And how do you approach that? Add salt you to your diet and watch the drugs fall aside. Oh, I see. What you're I've never, I've, I've never told anybody to stop taking anything, including arsenic. Because that's not well, my you can't. You can't legally. Congress. We don't really have freedom yeah. of speech in this country. We just think we right. do. But in this particular case, uh, I learned every drug that you've ever heard of that's been discontinued, and I didn't. I didn't tell them to stop. But quite often, their doctor did. Right. You know, because I'm sorry, and, and you know this. Not every doctor in the land is is an ignoramus or a uh, pedophile. Absolutely not. I mean, I I have some wonderful friends who are medical doctors, and I've had quite a few medical doctors as clients. And unfortunately, they're not the norm. They're really, I mean, they they are, a lot of doctors are really, I just had a doctor call me the other day to ask me how I had wanted a client to be on a natural um, source thyroid product with with and rather than a synthetic and right. he called me up and asked me exactly how he needed to do that so okay. and this is a doctor I'd never talked to before but he was really humble and really open and willing to listen to what I suggested she be on and so you know I think that a lot of them are not they're not the enemy it's just unfortunate that there are I'm not against um, I'm not against medical doctors. I'm just against narrow-mindedness. Oh no! Now, now, come <laughs> on! Now, now you're being judgmental. <laughs> but here, now yeah, I, I don't want, like I want, narrow-mindedness. I, want, yeah. I mean, hey, I want, my I want cat to, was uh, sick, and I was willing to give him a drug to try and rectify oh, no, oh, no. hyperthyroidism, I, I, but he got so sick on it, I took him off of it and found a natural product for him. Most of the so, uh, most of the allopaths and some of the naturopaths <coughs> that have come to us have called because the person who is sitting in their chair discussing their health was dead. Uh-huh. You know what I mean is the uh, on the chart it was penciled in deceased. The last time they saw them, they wrote deceased. Oh, jeez. 
Well, for a deceased person to come into your office and sit down with a white container of sulfur does get your attention. Yes, it does. Now, I can't I can't hear anybody. Who's there? I am. Hello. We're all here. Now, what I mean is I think I messed up my phone. Can you hear me? Can anybody hear me? Yes, we can. I can hear you. Can you hear me? But no, I can't. Oh, aha. Aha. I, aha. Just because I'm a photographer doesn't mean I know anything of electronics. Um, so before I got this, you know, before I got lost in the phone, um, after 48 years of listening to everybody complain about their health, why is it that no one complains to me, a photographer, about their health anymore? Because they've been taking your sulfur. <laughs> exactly. And so, I mean, like the people who have been doing it for a long time, they, they almost hate to call the reorder because, see, now I can ask them anything I want. They want the sulfur. They haven't found another source. We haven't either. And, you know, mm-hmm. so now I can ask them really silly questions. And it's, it's how I'm now learning about exactly the depth and the breadth of our own biology. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, it, and it, I just get giddy. You know, because all the stories are almost like uh, Oh Henry. I mean, they're almost they're almost sickly sweet. Come on, you know, can't we have a little drama here? You know, can't someone drop dead for us or something? Well, that's and a nice don't. thing to say. Well, I, well, I know. I'm just looking for the viewing audience. You know, you can get more uh-huh. people if you can be if you can be outrageous. Uh huh. We may get Donald on our radio show. That'd be a kick. Work on it, buddy. Work on it. Hey, we, that one of his supporters is a, a fellow I know in New Jersey who shall remain nameless, and uh, I think we can probably get him on the on the cabinet. Patrick, if I can, uh, en- enough said, enough said, yo. Yeah. All right, we have Patrick, ten seconds. I want to stress uh, one of our heroes, Stephanie Seneff, who is a senior research scientist at MIT. Her latest discovery on glyphosate. We talk about glyphosate. Uh, glyphosate all the time, but she just right. made a. Everybody should check her out because she's made an amazing discovery that pales everything she's done in the past, and it's all okay, about now, uh, the substitution of uh, yeah. glycine. Now, here, now, I think this is the way we'll get her on our show. Is from the very beginning, the very first time I talked to Stephanie, I said, "Look, they took the sulfur away in '54. They started using glyphosate in '97." Uh, and they started using other herbicides prior to that, uh, but they took the sulfur away in '54. And until we start adding the other stuff in, there's this steady increase of autism and cancer since they took the sulfur away. And in our study, putting the sulfur back, we have a steady decline in autism and cancer. Mm-hmm. Well, we only got 32 kids back. There's only five million to reach. And how many cancer? You got about five hundred cancer. About twelve hundred. Various states. All right, everybody, have a happy Fourth of July. Do not start any fires. Yasmin, Marka, thank you very, very much for coming on. Adam, thank you thank for you being for with us. Thank you for having me. Richard and and John. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Thank you, Yasmin. Bye.
Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. AVR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. have denied internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Don't like my 
Good evening, all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You are listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is Thursday, June 30th, 2016. It's about seven and a half minutes after 8 p.m. Pacific time. If that's when it is where you're at, we are, in fact, live. 800-932-1980 is the call-in number. Feel free to call in. You can also go to the chat room, which... uh, May or may not be a temporary chat room. We don't know yet. Uh, but it's located at theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. You go there, you'll see the chat link over on the left-hand side. Folks, uh, I got something to tell you. I suggest you go to the website and use the links there. 
because if you bookmark links and they don't work, don't complain to me because things change. That's why we have a website, okay, for you to go to the website and click the links there. The links at the website will be up to date. The links you bookmark may not be. So, never know. Anyhow, oh, what else, what else, what else? Let's see. That's about it there. I'm not giving the Yahoo thing because I never know if it's going to work or not. So, that's just, you know. And plus, I hear, uh, what, August 1st, it's it, they're going to just disable it completely. So, you know, why bother? We'll see. All right, anyway, let's start with something over here that should uh, disturb everybody. Federal regulation of the Internet is coming, warn FCC and FCC commissioners. Oh, yeah, because they're not regulating enough stuff. And, boy, the Internet hasn't been successful enough, right? Uh, yeah, the government's got to come in and help the Internet because uh, nobody's, you know, the Internet just really didn't work out too well, so... Oh, boy, the government's going to come and fix it, right? You know, really, people need to tell these son-of-a-guns to keep their hands off things that work. Everything they touch, they turn to crap. Has anybody noticed that? That anything the government touches turns to crap, even though at one time it was good and it worked, and then the government got involved and turned it to a big pile of steam and dung? Has anybody noticed that? Uh, because apparently the people in Washington haven't noticed that. Maybe you should call your congressman and say, hey, dimwit, you know what? Why don't you take a break? You know, why don't you stick your head in a plastic bag, huh? Why don't you do that? We'd all be a lot better off if every member of Congress and every bureaucrat and every stinking federal agency just stuck their head in a plastic bag and tied it around their neck good and tight. I mean, honestly. These people could screw up, well, I won't go there, but, you know, think of something unscrewable-uppable. Unscrewable. Yeah, there you go. They could do it. They're experts at it. Here they go again. Democrats targeting content and control of the Internet, especially from conservative sources, are pushing hard to layer on new regulations and even censorship under the guise of promoting diversity while policing bullying, warned commissioners from the Federal Communications Commission and Federal Election Commission. Protecting freedom on the Internet is just one vote away, said Lee E. Goodman, a commissioner on the FC, FEC, which has divided three Democrats and three Republicans. There is a cloud over your free speech. Freedom of speech on the... You know, wait a minute. Aren't Democrats, aren't they supposed to be for the little guy? Aren't they supposed to be for our freedoms? Aren't they supposed to be for all that? When did they become the tyrannical communists that want to shut everybody up who doesn't agree with their globalist disaster? that they have for us. Hmm? When did that happen exactly? Freedom of speech on the Internet added Agent Pipe, Commissioner of the Federal Communications Commission, is increasingly under threat. Pye and Goodman cited political correctness campaigns by Democrats as a threat. Both also said their agencies are becoming politicized 
and the liberals are using their power to push regulations that impact business and conservative outlets and voices. You see, because the commies can't win any other way. I mean, look at it. Really, look at, look at radio, for instance. How many liberal talk shows do you hear out there? Hmm? Not that many. Most of the popular money-making radio shows out there are all conservative to one degree or another. Some more than others. But you know what? Liberal voices are not wanted. Nobody cares what these dimwits have to say because they're idiots and their plans don't work and their ideas are stupid. And everybody knows it. So, to, to hear them, you'll have to go to PBS or NPR, which, of course, is taxpayer-funded. And they're all liberals. Oh, but the one, one time the Democrats, the liberals, try to say, okay, we can compete. Let's go get our own radio network going. Let's do our own liberal talk radio. How'd that go, Air America? Yeah, Air America crashed into the ground in a fiery wreck. That's what happened to them. Because you know why? Nobody wanted to hear their lame, stinking tripe. That's why. They can't compete head-to-head. They can't compete with the facts. They can't compete on a level playing field. So they want to cheat like Hillary Clinton did to Bernie Sanders. Even among their own, they do it. One of the things that is critical for this country is to reassert the value of the First Amendment. The fact that robust discourse that is sometimes cacophonious is nonetheless a value. In fact, it creates value. At a Cato Institute discussion online speech Wednesday night, both said the regulators are eager to issue new rules that could put limits on what people could say on blogs, online news, and even YouTube. You know, I mean, really, you've got to start thinking, hey, wait a minute. You know, wait wait a minute. You can make all the rules you want, but there is the First Amendment, freedom of speech. Okay? Okay. It's okay. It's like the FBI. Where's this story here? Yeah. Secret rules make it pretty easy for the FBI to spy on journalists. Well, that's just fine. The FBI's got some special little rules for itself. Well, good. You know what? I can start writing special little rules myself. Oh, it's okay. I wrote a special little rule down. It's a secret little rule that says, you know what? Anytime I see any government official, I can kill him. Oh, it's a new secret rule. How would that be? Would that be okay? Would I be allowed to do that? I don't think so. I think they might have a problem with that. But, hey, but what if I said I wrote it down? It's a secret little rule. Yeah. Secret FBI rules allow agents to obtain journalists' phone records with approval from two internal officials. Gee, boss, can I go get their records? Well, I don't know, Joe. Let's go ask the other boss. What do you think, boss? Yeah, I think it's fine. Well, I think it's fine, too. Yeah, we all think it's fine. Yeah, let's go do that. The classified rules obtained by The Intercept 
and dating from 2013 govern the FBI's use of national security letters. Get this, national security letters. Does that sound like a warrant to you? It doesn't to me. Oh, let me check the Fourth Amendment. Let me check the Fifth Amendment. No, I don't see anything about national security letters, which allow the Bureau to obtain information about journalists' calls without going to a judge or informing the news organization being targeted. They have previously been released only in heavily redacted form. Media advocates said the documents show that the FBI imposes few constraints on itself when it bypasses the requirement to go to court and obtain subpoenas or search warrants before accessing journalists' information. The rules stipulate that obtaining a journalist's records with a national security letter requires the sign-off of the FBI's general counsel. Ooh, and the executive assistant director of the Bureau's National Security Branch, in addition to the regular chain of approval. Generally speaking, there are a variety of FBI officials, including the agents in charge of field offices, who can sign off on a national security letter, is relevant to national security investigation. There is an extra step under the rules if the National security letter targets a journalist in order to identify confidential news media sources. In that case, the general counsel and executive assistant director must first consult with the assistant attorney general for the Justice Department's National Security Division. Hey, gee, nothing is going outside of the executive branch here. Hey, where's the judicial branch in this whole thing? But... If the national security letter is trying to identify a leaker by targeting the records of the potential source and not the journalist, the Justice Department doesn't need to be involved. You know, okay, folks, I I say it's time. We all just start writing our own little secret rules and saying, you know what? No, it's okay that I did that because I got a little secret rule here that I wrote. Oh, yeah, and, uh, you know, I'll say, hey, you know, uh, okay, in order for me to go do that, I have to ask, I have to ask Melissa's permission, and then if she says it's okay, then, and I say it's okay, then it's okay, and it's really okay, because we wrote it down, and it's a secret rule, right? Does this sound stupid to you? I mean, I, nobody in their right mind would think that they would or should be able to get away with anything like that, but there's the FBI doing it, folks. Never, ever, no matter what they do, no matter what they say, no matter if they say, hey, listen, uh, we just wrote it down again. Uh, you have to give us all your guns. Screw you. You're never getting them until you come and kill me and take them. Then you can have those guns. But you better hope that I haven't booby-trapped them. <laughs> yeah, a little present. Oh, I don't plan on playing fair. And you shouldn't either, folks. And you know what? I hear people saying, well... They're not the enemy. Well, they are the enemy. Doctors are the enemy. That's right. Every last stinking one of them is the enemy. And yeah, hey, you know what? I know. I realize there are exceptions. But there is no way in this world that I am ever going to bypass the rule for a couple of exceptions. Yeah, there's always a couple of exceptions. There's probably even a couple of honest politicians somewhere. 
I don't know where, but somewhere. But you know what? I will still tell you, every stinking politician out there is your enemy, including Donald Trump. Don't start getting all cozied up and thinking this guy is your buddy. Hey, you can vote for him, and, and you know, and I, I would suggest you do. If you're going to vote, I would suggest you vote for him because the other choice is Hillary Clinton. And that just can't happen. Because if it does, it'll be war. And I don't mean war with Russia. I mean civil war. I mean revolutionary war. I mean there is no way in hell that she is going to go through a year of her presidency before she writes an executive order saying, I have decided to just get rid of the Second Amendment because it's just too darn dangerous. They are all. All the cops are your enemy. All the politicians are your enemy. All the government workers are your enemy. All the doctors are your enemy. All the school teachers are your enemy. You better pull your head out of your behind and start realizing that's the facts. And yes, there are always exceptions. But the rule is they are all your enemy. In other words, when you look at any of those aforementioned professions, you view them as an enemy until they prove themselves differently. Not the other way around. Oh, let's all sing Kumbaya and try to get along and love them into the fold. Ah, screw that. You know what? These people have been killing too many innocent people for too long for that cuddle fest to love them into the fold. Screw them. It's time for them to start paying. Oh, and it's coming. It's coming. I don't have to start anything. I don't have to get out there and attack anybody. I don't have to do anything. All I have to do is wait. Because I'm not bringing this about. They are. I'm just saying, when they do bring it, they better bring... They better They better have it in a bag, man. They better bring it all. And folks, you know, you need to get this attitude, this whole victimized, oh, we're just, oh, we're just, oh, look at what they've done to our government, look what they've done to our country, look at what they've done. (laughs) Yeah, oh, oh boy, how did all that happen? Because Americans have turned into a bunch of whiny little girls, that's what's happened. Oh, we're all offended now. (laughs) I just heard a trigger word. I'm having a nervous breakdown. Did you happen to see that little thing about this this sissified, pretending to be a man reporter who was going to go, oh, I'm going to go fire an AR-15 at a range. And, oh, he came out. He was traumatized. He said he had PTSD. Uh, I'm disgusted by people like this. You know what? I'm I'm more disgusted by a guy like that than I am a transvestite in a dress using a girl's room, okay? I really am. I got to tell you, I am more disgusted by a panty-waist little piece of garbage who's pretending to be a man doing a report like that guy did. I'd have more respect for him if he threw on some pantyhose and a dress and used a girl's bathroom. Because at least then he'd be being honest about what he is. 
Speaking of guns, oh, by the way, you know, let, let's not lose, lose focus, okay? That this guy, supposedly, at least the narrative that we're hearing of who shot up Orlando, this is not guns' fault. This is not gun registration fault. This is not even, this is not even his fault. This is the FBI. This is the national security people. These are the guys stealing journalists' notes so they can find out where they're getting their information about the dirty dealings of government rather than arresting terrorists. They had this guy under investigation. He was interviewed three times. For crying out loud, why isn't it the narrative on CNN and Fox News that, oh, by the way, he was a government contractor working for Wackenhut? running security for the federal government. That was his job. He had lots of access to weapons. He wore a weapon at work. Gee, oh, yeah, it's a, oh, hey, we got to ban guns from people because this guy got a gun. Oh, yeah, really? How do you get a gun? Oh, well, see, the government hired him as a contractor and gave him a gun for his job. This is an FBI failure. Comey's out there lying, going, well, the FBI shouldn't be blamed for this. Oh, yeah, the FBI should be blamed for it. It's the FBI's fault. The FBI has been a disaster and an embarrassment for at least 15 years now. I mean, it... it, it but it just, no, no, it's the guns. We've got to do something about the guns. And even Paul Rhino in the... Uh, House of Representatives there. He's caving in and, oh, yeah, okay, let's do a gun bill. Let's put everybody who's on a no-fly list, which there are no stipulations on how you get on a no-fly list. They just put you on a no-fly list, which will mean, oh, you won't be able to buy a gun because you're on a no-fly list. Really? Are you getting it, folks? It's time to fight back, okay? And people are fighting back in the, in the only way they know how, and that's by voting and all that. But what are you going to do? And, and you better get prepared. What are you going to do when they steal your vote? What are, they, what are you going to do when they kill Donald Trump? Hmm? What are you going to do then? What are you Brits going to do when, oh, the parliament decides, well, you know, we've decided, screw the voters, we're staying in anyway. What are you all going to do then? Oh, by the way, one of the guns used in the November 13, 2015 Paris terrorist attacks, guess where it came from? That's right, Phoenix, Arizona, where the Obama administration allowed criminals to buy thousands of weapons illegally in a deadly and futile gun-walking operation known as Fast and Furious. A report of investigation filed by the case agent in the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms tracked the gun used in the Paris attacks to a Phoenix gun owner who sold it illegally. Off book, Judicial Watch's law enforcement sources confirm. Again, it's got to be Judicial Watch. How come this wasn't all over CNN that, oh, hey, fast and furious gun used in the Paris terrorist attacks? Federal agents tracing the firearm also found the Phoenix gun owner be in possession of an unregistered fully automatic weapon, according to law enforcement officials with first-hand knowledge of the investigation. 
the investigation, the investigative follow-up of the Paris weapon consisted of tracking a paper trail used using a 4473 form, which documents the gun's ownership history by, among other things, using serial numbers. The Phoenix gun owner that the weapon was traced back to was found to have at least two federal firearms violations for selling one weapon illegally and possessing an unregistered automatic. But no enforcement or prosecution action was taken against the individual. Instead, ATF leaders went out of their way to keep the information under the radar and ensure that the gun owner's identity was kept quiet, according to law enforcement sources involved with the case. Oh my, another cover-up. Hmm? More gun deaths based on what? That's right, another, yet another failure of the federal government. You see, there's no problem with gun ownership. There's no problem with the American people having guns. The problem is the federal government does not enforce the rules it has, just like with immigration. There's nothing wrong with our immigration laws except for the fact that our criminal president refuses to enforce those laws. As a matter of fact, he's violated his oath by directing federal agencies to disregard the law. Which I gotta think is impeachable. Oh, but we've got nothing but rhinos in the Congress. Remember them? They're the ones that said, oh, hey, elect us. Elect us and we'll put an end to this Obama stuff. We're gonna rein him in. We're gonna do something about it. You know, just elect us. Give us back the Senate and give us a bigger majority in the House and we'll take care of this Obama thing. Oh, yeah, we'll get rid of Obamacare. Hey, how'd that work out? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Paul Ryan voted to fund Obamacare, not get rid of it. Oh, and how about immigration? Yeah, what did Ryan do again? I mean, Paul Rhino, what did he do? Yeah, he took money away from veterans so they could pay for refugees. Oh, gee. You know, there's a guy in Wisconsin running against Paul Rhino. And I, you know what, I would, I would encourage everybody in Wisconsin to get rid of Paul Rhino. This guy is not a Republican, all right? You might as well vote for the Democrat in Wisconsin because that's what Paul Rhino is. Anyway, we'll take a break. We'll be back in a bit. I'm not 
body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. AVR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. 
Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
All right, we're back. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It's Thursday, June 30th, 2016, and it is 842 and a half out here on the Pacific Time Coast. If that's when it is where you're at, we're live. 800-932-1980 is the call-in number. You can also go to uh, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. You'll see the chat link over there. And, folks, Go to the websites, all right, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. You can also use avrn1.com or avrn.tv. That will also get you to one of those sites. But uh, things have changed over, over the period of time here, and don't, you know, don't start thinking you can use some bookmarked old link because you're going to have problems. The links on the website are all up to date right now, and um, that's what you need to do. You need to go there. Sorry, that's what that's what the website's there for, right? Anyway, uh, that first song was Conan O'Brien and Jack White uh, doing a classic, and uh, that last song was Mindbender. That's the name of the song by Stillwater. They were eh, they were around for like ten years. They were out of Georgia, kind of a southern rock band. Never really made it huge, but uh, I don't know. I like that song. Anyhow, okay, let's get to some things and stuff. You know, uh, I got a uh, a link here. People, actually, Melissa sent me this link. Pope Francis said on Sunday that Christians and the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, church should seek forgiveness from homosexuals for the way they had treated them. Are you kidding me? I am not going to read any more of this. Uh, Is this guy straight from Satan or what? What do you mean apologize for how we've treated them? As Christians, we should apologize to God to how we've treated them, because we haven't killed them all, okay? The Bible says, surely they shall be put to death. And and somebody actually wanted to argue with me and say, well, yeah, but it doesn't say who should put them to death. Oh, what is that supposed to mean? Maybe lightning bolts from the sky? Oh, yeah, if they don't all get hit by lightning, then I guess uh, that's what it means, right? Sure, no. Surely they shall be put to death. That means by the people, other people. Folks, this this isn't a a joke. This isn't about political correctness. God is not amused, all right? You think I'm pissed off? You think you're pissed off? Wait till you get a load of God. Yeah, and it's coming. It's coming. Look at all the signs, folks. Look at all the signs. They're everywhere. Not only do we have the homosexual freaks running rampant, okay? What do we got running for the White House? A woman? Maybe two women? Because, gee, two vaginas are always better than one. I mean, you can't you can't vote for anybody else if there's two vaginas going to be in the White House. I mean, really, come on, Elizabeth Warren and Hillary Clinton? Wow! Yeah, wow. What does the Bible say? You know what the punishment is for what we've been doing? 
You will be ruled by women and children. Yeah? It's coming, folks. It's on the way. I'm not saying all the prophecies have been fulfilled and all that. I'm not saying that. But, uh, you know what? You better start seeing the writing on the wall. And stop going, well, nah, that's probably just a coincidence. That's probably just nothing. Oh, yeah, it looks like writing on the wall, and it looks like this is happening, but ah, that couldn't happen here. Oh, but it can. Oh, and it will. Oh, and it is, by the way. And I am not encouraging anybody to do anything except prepare yourself. That's all. Simply prepare yourself. Now, I can give you some ideas, but that's about it because I don't know your situation. I don't know where you live. I don't know what you got. I don't know what you can afford. I don't know what you can do. I don't know what your skills are. I don't know any of that. So my suggestions are nothing but general, you know, uh, ideas. You've got to figure out what you've got to do to prepare. But in order to figure out what you've got to do to prepare, you've got to figure out what's on the way. And let me tell you something. What's on the way is probably a lot worse than most of the people out there are thinking it is. It may even be worse than what I'm thinking it is, and I'm thinking it's going to be pretty darn bad. But some things, no matter what happens, aren't going to change. You're going to need to breathe air. You're going to need to drink water. You're going to need to have food. You're going to need to have something to protect the food, the water you have. And after that, once you get all that squared away, you're going to need some tools. Okay? You're going to need shovels. You're going to need rakes. You're going to need seeds. You're going to need guns. You're going to need ammo. I suggest you get a little creative. Maybe buy some of those stars, those throwing stars. Learn how to do that. Now, those are not, uh, you know, those are not an ideal thing in every situation. Just like a gun is not an ideal thing in every situation, but it is in certain situations, just like a throwing star. Hey, when you need one, boy, it sure would be great to have one in your pocket and know how to use it, huh? Whack! Right in your forehead, buddy. Guess what? You've got a problem, and I don't now. Have some gasoline around the house. You know, in case the lawnmower needs some. Get creative, folks, and get real. Okay? No, really, get real about defending yourself. I'm, and I'm talking about to the death, not waving around a pistol going, all right, back off. Yeah, like that's going to work? That might work now, and it doesn't even really usually work now. Most of the time now, most of the time, anytime, you pull out a gun and start waving it around, somebody's going to shoot you. You don't pull out a gun and wave it around unless you're going to shoot somebody. 
you know, we all do stupid things. We've all done stupid things. But that doesn't mean we have to keep doing stupid things, right? The fact of the matter is, bad things are on the way. There's a, a bad moon rising, right? That's what I should have played, huh? A storm on the horizon. Whatever way you want to look at it. Whatever, you know, little uh, thing you want to say. It doesn't matter. It's coming. It's on the way, and you better prepare. Again, that's the only thing I'm encouraging people to do. Well, actually, that's not the only thing I'm encouraging people to do. I do encourage people to start groups, talk to other people. And again, don't don't try to be a big wheel, okay, because you're just going to get yourself in trouble. You're just going to defeat everything you might want to do. Look, let's learn from history. Okay, don't, don't, I can say anything I want. I have my opinions. You can believe them. You cannot believe them. You can take it for what it's worth. Take it with a grain of salt. I don't care. But let's look, look at history. Let's, let's look at some things that worked in history. And I keep going back to this because this was a real big deal for me, okay? Because I drove around without a driver license for 11 years, and I got pulled over like six times, and four times I went to court. It was dismissed, and, you know, the other two times they used their discretion and declined to write the tickets. You know, but it took time. It took effort. It took, you know, a couple of cars impounded that I had to get back you know, had to take time off to go do this, right? Well, once my wife died, I realized, man, I, I you know, what am I going to do, man? I mean, I got AVR going here, and I'm only one here now, and uh, I got nobody to back me up. And, you know, if I get pulled over, that's fine. If I spend, you know, a couple days in jail, that don't bother me. But it's going to bother the host. It's going to bother the listeners. And they're not going to put up with this for too long until they say, man, I'm going somewhere else. And that would be the end of AVR. So I figured, well, what am I going to do? I had no idea. And then, one weekend, the History Channel was running, the whole weekend they were doing World War II, the French Resistance. So I sat there, and at the time, um, you know, I was... uh, Real good friends with Gallo Wine. I was one of their major supporters. I contributed many, many dollars to them <laughs> over that. And, uh, yeah, anyhow, so I'm, I'm spending my weekend drinking wine and watching the History Channel, the French Resistance. And uh, I come to the realization that, you know what? These guys weren't walking down the street and saying, oh, show us your papers. I don't need those stinking papers. This is a free country, and you dang Nazis don't even belong here, and you got no right to ask me for anything. I'm a free man. I got a right to travel. And da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Bang! Would have been the answer to that. And that's going to be the answer around here, too, before too long. And I realized, you know what? We have to start accepting the fact that we are an occupied nation. 
Okay? We have to start accepting the fact and acting accordingly that we live in an occupied nation. Oh, it might not be as oppressive as the Nazis were in Paris. But nevertheless, we are an occupied nation, and we have been since the Civil War, I believe. So I realized something. Being in an occupied nation, you know what these guys were doing at night as they were showing the Nazis their papers, which were all in order during the day. At night, they were throwing on their black hats and their black faces, and they were going to blow up bridges and dams and kill some Nazis. Folks, if you're locked up in a jail because you didn't have your papers in order, you're not going to be out blowing up no Nazis, okay? You're going to be sitting in a jail cell, cooling your heels, doing nothing, accomplishing nothing. So be smart. The time is coming. You know, it's like treading water until you're, you know, somebody throws you a little uh, flotation device. But anyway, you know, it's just a... Just an observation. That's what I see happening. That's where I see America. I can't imagine... I can't believe. I mean, I can't fathom how fast this country has gone down. I mean, it's been going down slowly for a long time, right? But it's like, I guess, what, like the Titanic. You know, if you've ever seen the Titanic, uh, you know, recreations, you know, the thing hits the thing, it starts listing, it starts going down kind of slow. But it doesn't really start really crashing to the bottom until it splits in half and starts going down like a torpedo, right? Well, we're just about to crack in half here. And once we do, it's straight to the bottom. Just get ready, folks. Be prepared. There's nothing else you can do. You know, we can't really, I mean, okay, everybody think, well, you know, wouldn't that be great? We get Trump in there and he'll just come in and magically fix everything. Well, that'd be that you know I'd love to see that uh that'd be great I just don't I just don't believe it's going to happen not that I don't believe he's going to be elected not that I don't believe he may try but I just know that no one guy can come into the white house of the United States government and just say okay well that's it we're changing everything Unless, of course, Donald Trump is going to go into Washington, D.C. and kill all of Congress, kill everybody in the Pentagon, kill everybody in every office, in every agency in the federal government in Washington, D.C., to tell every federal agency worker around the country that we're coming for you next, you better run and hide. Uh there isn't going to be any big change. There may be some incremental little things, but there more likely would be some kind of revolution or something, some kind of false flag World War III deal going on. I just don't see the globalists sitting back 
and saying, oh, gee darn, well, I guess all our wonderful plans for global domination are over because, well, the people have spoken and Donald Trump's here now and England's going to be England again and, oh, well, I guess we should just go back and, uh, what, retire maybe? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. Because I'll tell you what, one thing Donald Trump could do is to get the United the United States out of the United Nations. Executive order. Hey, guess what we're going to do? Uh, first executive order is I'm, I'm extinguishing every executive order there has ever been written in the past. They're all null and void now. Second, the second one, we're out of the U.N., Third one, we're out of NAFTA. Fourth one, we're out of World Trade Organization. Fourth one, hey, Federal Reserve, you're out of business and you're all going to jail and we're going to start issuing U.S. notes. You know, that should keep him busy for the first uh, couple of years. That's what I'd do. Of course, I'd be wearing Kevlar underwear, too, you know, I mean, because uh, they're not going to, I'm telling you, the globalists are not going to sit back and let this go. You can see what Europe has done. What? England wants to leave, so what do they say? Okay, they start threatening all the other countries, saying, well, all right, well, we're going to have a European super state then without England, and you're all going to give up your national borders. You're going to give up your national banks. You're going to give up your national laws. You're going to, yeah, what? Did you not just get the memo that everybody's sick and tired of your crap globalism scheme that hasn't worked? They don't care. They are doing it anyway. I wrote it down. Anyway, all I can say, folks, is prepare. Whatever you can do, whatever whatever works for you, prepare. Prepare like your life depended on it because you know what? It does. Anyway, I got to go. I'll be back again tomorrow at noon. As always, thanks for listening. Governor America's coming up next. The grapevine, my new neighbor, don't like my big red barn. A 47 Ford bullet holes in the door broke down motor in the front yard. <laughs> I gotta have a mind to paint a plywood sign and nail it up on a knotty pine tree. Saying I was here first, this is my piece of dirt and your rambling don't rattle me. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. The crisis of our republic, waging war on the new world order. This is Govern America. Govern America. From just south of the Great Lakes capital city, 
covering all of North America via satellite, terrestrial radio stations all across the country, streaming live from Freedom of Region 5 and Michigan Cog Region 9. This is Govern America. I'm Darren Weeks, your host here for the next three hours. Nice to have you with us as we once again document the crisis of our republic, the undermining of our national, state, and individual autonomy. And today is the 25th of June, 2016. And it's good to have you with us once again, ladies and gentlemen, on this very historic week. And it's a week that uh, is really, well, I can't really, <laughs> I can't really make heads or tails of it, honestly. There are so many uh, questionable things going on today, and so many things that make you scratch your head and say, "Wow, what is really going on?" I mean, you, you can spend hours, and I have studying these things and uh, trying to figure them out, trying to figure out what the strategies is. What the strategies are, I should say. <sighs> well, nothing much going on, huh, these days? Uh, we only have a major Brexit, uh, which actually took place uh, to my utter amazement and astonishment. And this is one of the things I'm talking about trying to figure out is why did this happen? I uh, fully expected there to be a rigged vote. And up until... This morning, I thought that maybe the establishment has had attempted to rig the vote, maybe, and didn't try hard enough, and somehow they made a mistake. Now I'm kind of having second thoughts about this. I, uh, as of last night, as of last night, I was uh, considering the possibility that we might have been played. Uh, and, and, and is it possible that this Brexit situation could be something that the globalists, at least on this side of the pond, wanted? I think we have to consider that. I think we have to consider that as a possibility. Uh, if the European Union becomes too powerful, if the European Union starts to somehow compete with the State Department, then the, then the balance of power could potentially be tilted away from the globalists at the State Department. I don't know. I mean, what you might be seeing here, and I'm not sure, but what you might be seeing here is a uh, is infighting among the globalists. And I'm just an outsider tr attempting to figure this all out, ladies and gentlemen. But this is not something, and of course, publicly, Obama has said that he, and, and in fact, urged the people of Britain, people of the UK, I should say, to stay. So that would play against my theory here. But I've seen some things that make me question whether this isn't something that certain uh, factors of the globalist uh, establishment may have wanted. Time will tell. Certainly the markets are in a free fall. Uh, we'll get to more uh, Brexit information here as time progresses. But I wanted to do kind of a deep dive here today on this uh Florida shooting that took place. 
uh, in Orlando. I think this is very important, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, this is something I know a lot of people have been talking about, uh, and with good reason. Uh, I was not able to be here last week due to a prior obligation. Uh, I had to be out of town on business. And so, uh, consequently, I was not able to talk about this on the air. But I did put out a couple of videos, one of which, you know, went viral, uh, got 30, 000, over 30,000 views on YouTube in the last week. Uh, and and that wasn't didn't even really have the best information because that was put out right after the uh, incident. Of course, you get the usual people who attack you every time you do say anything. You get the trolls on there. Ah, you're a moron. You're an idiot. You're a stooge. Get a new hobby. <laughs> and there's a lot of uh, positive uh, people debating things as well. Uh, the vast majority of the people were uh, civilized and at least thoughtful and uh, that sort of thing. And I don't have a problem with people disagreeing with me. I mean, you know, that's really, we learn through discourse, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, that's the bottom line. It's just this this keyboard warrior mentality that, you know, if I don't if you don't agree with me or if what 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 you're telling me goes against what I my preconceived ideas, then I'm just gonna attack you. And of course I, I, I am firmly aware that there are paid trolls on the internet that attempt to uh that are attempting to uh do this for the sake of uh trying to discredit you or whatever. I mean, trying to discourage you, trying to basically shout you into silence and that sort of thing. And if they can't get their way doing that, then they'll try to intimidate you into silence. By the way, I'm a little disheveled this morning because I'll tell you what, I I just spent the last half hour fighting with equipment. Last week, or no, two weeks ago, when we were on the air and we did the interview uh, with with, um, Bob Locke, I think it was, you recall we had some problems with the phone bridge. Well, I, I fired up the phone bridge, and I thought we had all this sit- problems situated. Found out that I'm still having the same problems with the phone bridge. Uh, and so I had to fight for the last half hour trying to, to get the phone bridge working, and I think I successfully succeeded. Successfully succeeded. How do you like that? Anyway, so I'll tell you what. We do have a caller on the line, and I'll go ahead and take the caller, and we'll we'll test it out. Uh, the first caller will be my guinea pig here. Hopefully he can, he or she can hear me and I can hear them. Hello, caller. Who do we have? I can hear you, I can hear you Darren. Can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. Who do we have here? Yeah, this is Ken from West Virginia. Oh, hey, how you doing? Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, the, the notion that we may have been played about this um, really resonates with what amazed me was this uh, almost uh, seamless transition that we're seeing take place. Is uh, we had uh, David Cameron almost sort of hand off the prime ministership of England to this Boris Johnson clown, and uh, of course he hasn't been confirmed yet. But um, they are they are best buds. They were at school together, you know, at Eton and Oxford, and much was made about how these were, they were as close as close could be, but yet they they differed on this one issue. And, um, you know,
of which was his Brexit. And my thinking was, this is this is just the establishment covering both all the you know both bases. You know, yeah. And they have they have the establishment man Cameron on the one side, and then the establishment man uh, uh, Johnson on the other side. And uh, like you say, whether it how, whether they it played out the way they wanted it or where they manipulate it this way. But it just, the seamless transition, they just handed it off to, to Boris, and he's the, the and, he, and he'll carry on with uh, the, the scheme, you know. And that, so it's not impossible that, you know, it was all manipulated. And well, one had, thing that... They, they, had, they had had... One thing that makes me uh, it, it, curious yeah. about this is that uh, they're... Talking about it's going to be a long time, you know, a couple of years before Britain is able to fully withdraw from the EU, you know, and and of course Article 50 of the European Union, you know, the um, Lisbon Treaty comes into play, and uh, I plan on getting to that a little bit later on, but uh, Article 50 is the mechanism uh, by which they apply or notify. The European Union, according to the Lisbon Treaty, if they're going to do it, uh, if they're going to do it by the treaty itself, that would be the. And of course, the Lisbon Treaty is the, essentially the European Constitution, and for lack of a better way of saying it, I guess. But uh, anyway, if they were going to properly withdraw in accordance with the treaty, Article 50 would be the mechanism by which they would be able to do that. Uh, now, you know, I say. And, and other people have said, I think the Leave campaign has said something to the effect of there's other ways to do it. I think if you're a sovereign nation, yeah, there's other ways to do it. You just say, sorry, we're bu- we're leaving, goodbye, uh, you know, no soup for you. You know, I mean, this is this is as simple as it can be. You know, people forget what it's like to be a sovereign country. Britain has not always been a part of the European Union. The United Kingdom hasn't always been a part of of this European bloc. I mean, as far as a regional body is concerned. So, to think that we can't function without this sort of thing, uh, it's just ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. So, anyway, I think you were going to say something earlier, a moment ago. Yeah, well, I was just going to say that they, you know, they had, had, they're all, they're all, had, the Brits are nothing if they're not hedge fund managers, so they hedge their bets. But another another interesting thing, apparently Cameron uh, chose this date, and it, it just it's just curious that it coincides with the uh, the 2016 Euro Football Championships. <laughs> and while this thing was going, while this thing was going on, there were hundreds of thousands of Brits over in France. You know, raising all kinds of hell, fighting and fighting with other European countries, and fighting with the, the Russians, and and trashing trashing cities. You know, and and so I just thought that was odd. You know, and of course we know the history of Europe, and you know the centuries and centuries of you know the fighting. So I just I just curious whether this this exit, this Brexit, is going to. Uh, Create a lot of tensions that might actually lead to real fighting, you know. Uh, particularly if it doesn't go well, you know, and a lot of animosity is built up, you know. So. Yeah. Well, and there are some people that are predict, you know, predicting wars around the, you know, wars around the corner, and I, yeah. I can't argue with that because 
honestly, I mean, we're we're in a situation right now that uh, I think that war has been planned for many, many years. They, you know, the establishment is certainly out of options. They have no other ideas. They have no other plan. You know, we've been treading water economically for a long time. And what, is they, what have they done historically? Uh, when the economy is in the to- toilet, there's no nothing else they can do. Everything's on, e- on, the, on the cliff, on the threshold of economic collapse. You know, that's, that's what they do. They send the, uh, they send the dogs of war. They unleash the dogs of war. And unfortunately, that's how they view your children and your grandchildren. You know, as Henry Kissinger, the, his famous quote comes to mind, uh, you know, soldiers are just dogs. You know, uh, I forget the exact quote, but uh, he refers to the soldiers as dogs. I mean, that's how they view them. Yeah. Uh, well, the interesting thing is we have this uh, Trump with his slogan, Make America Great Again. And then when you look at the, apparently the uh, the big... Um, um, the group that voted for Brexit was more, uh, you know, stronger than any were um, white males in the 60s, in their 60s. Well, what both of this means is that um, you and I know that there's something, you know, most people, their lot of history isn't too great mm-hmm. in awareness, but they have they have what's called living memory, and they remember when. Um, things were better. Well, what was that? That was in the 60s and, you know, up to the mid-70s when the economies were booming. And this was after the war. You know, the First World, Second World War destroyed the manufacturing capability around the world. And so, consequently, it was all this industry was booming and the unions were strong because there was a great demand for the output and the unions could demand the wages. And so, that's what... and. So what they're talking about is make make America great again, or you know, in, in Britain was you know these. Uh, I remember when things were better. Well, when it was better was when after there was a war and there was all this rebuilding. And so yeah, essentially what they're what they're wishing for is another war, so it will be this boom period afterwards. You yeah. know, they don't realize that, but that's what I, you know, I think. You know, I think that's what they're leading up to. Well, yeah, you, you know, and uh, and I was just on the phone with a, a, another guest. And we, he's in Britain. And we're talking about these hooligans, and they said, and he was and postulated is how do they get the money? Because he's saying about the the, the, the you know the, the travel cost of traveling to, to France and accommodations and everything, and he said, well, I was wondering whether there was somebody who was putting them up to it. And, you know, wouldn't put them, you know, wouldn't be past the, you know, the, the secret government to, to uh, as you say, the dogs of war. These uh, hooligans are nothing other, you know, other than the dogs of war, and maybe, uh, you know, maybe this is a precursor to what the real fighting is to come, you know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know. Uh, I just think that we're we're certainly look. You got on the on the one side, you got Russia and China. Uh, I, I just saw where Putin is meeting uh, and strengthening his alliances with. Uh, I think it was who it was Z. It was Z who he was meeting with, uh, and so they're meeting at the Shanghai Cooperation Organization, and. Uh, as the European Union, which has traditionally been 
a part of uh, Western power, although there may be some... Co- I, I'll tell you what keeps going through my mind are those words that Victoria Newland said in that leaked telephone conversation, F the EU. She was ticked yeah. because they weren't working along with them. And, and Victoria Newland has a lot of power being the former... State Department spokeshole and, and involved with the war clan, the whole Kagan clan. Uh, you know, in fact, she's married yeah. to one of them. So there, you got a lot of money there. She's basically the the face of the military-industrial complex, in my thinking. And these people, they they want war, but they want wanted on their terms. If they're going to have peace, they're going to have peace on their terms. And if anybody that's not playing along is going to be blown to smithereens. And uh, already we're seeing other countries talking about withdrawing from the EU. I, I, I applaud the EU breakup because I don't want globalism. I, I applaud it because I don't want to see, I know how this whole New World Order thing is coming together and how what an important role regionalism plays in all of this. And so as I was watching this thing with my mouth on the floor, uh, I... Uh, I was I was happy. Hey, maybe something's working, something's happening that they're not getting their way, and nothing would make me happier. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see, huh? Yeah, another another theory I've heard is that, as you say, like the uh, their the animosity towards the EU. Uh, yeah, another thing is that um, one 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 guy I read has uh, theorized that. Um, uh, the, the EU in, in generally has taken a, um, a positive attitude, a benevolent attitude, as you know, somewhat benevolent towards the Palestinians, and that and this is a way of uh, you know, uh, by the Brits are pretty well, uh, the Zionists pretty much have control over the, over England, so this is a way of uh, uh, weakening that, uh, attacking them for that also. So yeah, it could be it could be a, a a move against the EU for not being cooperative. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, another thing about Putin there was an RT article a couple of couple of days ago, maybe last week, that you know these missiles, these supposed missile anti these defensive missiles they put into Poland and supposedly against uh, Iranians sending nukes. You know, <laughs> well Russians know that that's not. And, and there was an article that says Putin said we know the timetable, and we know that there's a timetable for um, that these defensive missiles can be surreptitiously uh, changed and switched over to uh, you know they can bring in and put the offensive missiles in there, and that seems like a, he knows that they're building up and he knows what they're up to and that there's. There's a timetable, and he knows it. And so, I mean, it's just like it's coming. Yeah, and you got to wonder how much cooperation goes on between the East and the West that we don't know about. Uh, you yeah. Know, that, that's the other thing. You know, what comes to mind is all those agreements that Nancy Levant found uh, on the State Department website with Russia as we were supposed to be increasingly at odds with them. There's all these agreements on everything, and have they undone all of that? You know, and even even as I watch the State Department press briefings, uh, which a lot of the stuff that goes on there doesn't make it into the media, ironically. Uh, you'd think that, you know, at a press briefing, what happens at the briefing would make it into the reports. But that doesn't happen. 
but uh, and at least not all of it, a lot of it. The important meat and juicy stuff, I think, it stopped is is stopped at the editor level or something. At any respect, at any rate, uh, they they talk about in there that we have a lot of agreements, we have a lot of cooperations with Russia. They while they condemn Russia, they they talk about Russia being a strategic partner. So this is another case where we're on both sides of everything. Apparently, the government is strange. Well, I, rem- I remember when I was a kid. When I was a kid, you know, it was Russia bad, you know, commies and you know, all this haranguing going on. But then I then I discovered that there was this character named Armand Hammer, who was um, negotiating all these. He was negotiating all these deals and shipping. You know, so there was there was this commerce trade and commerce going on. You know, there was American people didn't even know about, and like you say, all these agreements went all you know on the surface. There's this animosity, you know. So yep, exactly. So it's kind of well. Well, Kent, thank oh, you for anyway, calling in always. there, sir. I appreciate your call, and uh, had another caller on the line, so I'll okay. go ahead and let you loose. But uh, hey, I appreciate you helping me test the phone bridge this morning. Uh, uh, thanks. Yep. God bless. All right, let's go ahead and move on from one caller to the next, and uh, I can hit the button here. By the way, I guess I should give out the phone number. Uh, the phone number, if you'd like to call in, one eight four four six four six eighty three seventy six. 646 8376 That's toll-free, 1-844-646-8376. And hello, caller. Who do we have on the line here? Well, I sure hope this uh, this bridge has side rails, because I'm afraid of heights. <laughs> Yeah, I can. I can hear you. Hey, how's it going, man? Hey, pretty good. Hang right on there. The, right off the grid here. How you, um, you know, talk about this Brexit thing here. Mm-hmm. I have to kind of wonder because I'm looking at this from a couple of different ways. First of all, you know, listening to mainstream media, listening to uh, Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity and Mike Gallagher yesterday, because really that's all I have during the day to listen to oh, around here because it's all... It's no all no wonder get. you're about to fall off the bridge. As far as talk radio goes, that's all we can get around here. Yeah, I feel sorry but, for you. You know, they've, they've, been making, they've been making a lot of sense lately. And, you well, know, the world must be coming to an end. Because... Sorry. Yeah, right. Remember, remember, several months ago, Obama went to went over there to the UK, and he basically he told Britain, said, "Look, you know, uh, you folks are going to have to be put on the back burner here because we really don't want to deal with small independent countries. We want to deal with a big block." Yeah. So basically, he's he was he was more or less threatening. Yeah, sure the he was. People that if you do this. Here's what's going to happen. So here's a couple different ways we can look at this. One, this was the British people telling Obama, you know what? Screw you, pal. You can't come over here and threaten us and think we're just going to fall in line. We're not dumb little scared sheeple like the American people are. Here's what we're going to tell you. Go pound sand. So they voted out. Another possible possibility here is that this was all staged and this was rigged, and this was what they wanted as the outcome, because if you notice, it was almost immediately after the vote. Here comes David Cameron. Well, I'm going to be stepping down, and as you pointed out, I'm just going to hand this over to my buddy over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if it was staged, you have to wonder, because remember, they've been pushing for a 
global currency. <clears throat> well, and this whole global agenda thing. And if if the UK actually does this and they leave the union, what kind of effect is this going to have on global markets worldwide? And if this might not be purposely set up to cause or maybe be one of the dominoes yeah. in a planned collapse. Yeah, that and was what that my happens, first thought was. That is all they need as the excuse to suspend the elections and and well, you get the idea. Yeah, well, you 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 hit on right. That was my first thought. Is that could this be the what they had planned on using to pull the plug out of the global economy or whatever you want to call it? And and I hate even using that term because that's their term. They use that term. But I mean, we know that things are interconnected. They keep reminding us that of all the time. You know, we got the Fourth of July, Independence Day, the real Independence Day here for the West, for the for the United States, I should say, coming up. And I always ridicule that because what independence when when every time we turn on the TV and the speech is made, they're always telling us, oh, how interdependent we are. You know, we're all connected now. And, you know, isn't this wonderful? No, I'm sorry. I I, I prefer, and and you could say they would call me an isolationist. Well, I'm all in favor of doing what's best for your country. Your country has got to be first. Helping other people out in the rest of the world, uh, that should be a a voluntary thing that the American people, on an individual basis, or if they want to group together in organizations and stuff, do. But you can't, it it shouldn't be the federal government's job, number one. And number two, uh, you can't help anybody unless you're operating at a strength. If you fall down, Art, I can't lift you up if I'm not on my feet. You know what? I can't extend right. my hand to you. <laughs> what good would it be if I'm laying flat on my back and you, you're flat on yours and I reach over and say, here, let me help you up? I mean, it ain't going to work. Yeah. You know? I know. So we're, I know. They have literally got to the point where they have pulled us down in the, into the muck. We're sinking. And they say, oh, well, we've got all this money. We can keep shelling it out for the rest of the world. We're bankrupt. Yeah. We're, we're way beyond bankrupt. And we got to take a break. Hey, you want to hold over the break? Sure. All right, hang on for a moment, and we'll be back in a moment. Folks, you're listening to Govern America, bottom of the hour, during weeks, and we'll continue here in a moment. The website, of course, is governamerica.com. We'll be back. Ah! <laughs> 
countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. a heart condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water.
Welcome back to the broadcast. This is Govern America. The website is governamerica.com, www.governamerica.com. My email address, radio at governamerica.com. And the call-in number is 1-844-646-8376. That's 1-844-646-8376. Or you can uh, remember it by going one eight four four six govern And on the line right now, we have uh, Art... And Art, uh, you were talking about the Brexit thing. Uh, do you have anything else on that? Well, I just, I, I, I it, it's glad. I'm nice. Blah, blah, blah. I'm glad to see that. You know, I was kind of hoping that America would be the ones to step up and lead by example. But hey, if it has to be Britain, then so be it. I'll take Britain as stepping to to step up to be the example because at least somebody is stepping up and saying no more if this is a true legitimate vote. Yeah. What I find interesting is think about over the past several years we've had this whole Texas secession movement going mm-hmm. on and uh, all of these different attempts that keep failing here there and the other place. Because what, what and, and I'm in Texas now, folks, okay? So, you know, I'm going to take this really personal at this point because I am in favor of every state seceding from the Union and taking back its indip- indi- individual autonomy. I am in favor of this, okay? So I'm in Texas, which means I will be a part of this movement if you guys want to do this. But you cannot do what you've been doing and trying to petition your local governments, may we, or petition the federal government, can we please secede? No, that's not how it works. If you secede, you secede, plain and simple. You just step up and say, I'm taking my toys, I'm going home. Mm -hmm. You can sit here in this empty sandbox if you want to, but I'm not playing with you anymore. Yeah, well, if you and, want and, to secede, you secede. And Edwin Vieira. And is, if you, and if your lo, if your state legislature will not do it, you replace them with people who will. Well, there's a number of steps that have to be taken prior to that point. And one one thing, Edwin Vieira has made some good points about secession. He says if the states would actually do these prerequisites, which you would have to do in order to effectively secede, then secession would almost be unnecessary. And that is, uh, number one, establish your own state-run militias. You know, you've got to be able to uh, anticipate a war with the federal government uh, is going to take place. But, you know, they're, they're, they're sending all of this military equipment to local police departments anyway. Uh, you know, um, I don't know. You know, at some point, Maybe some of those guns be turned back on them, huh? We can hope. We can hope. <laughs> That's right. But either, e- either way, you know, the people need to step up, and nothing is going to happen unless your state legislatures are going to back you up on this. Yeah. It means you have to have your state representatives in, in your, lo, you know, your, your state legislature, not your federal representatives, but your state representatives, your state legislatures, your governor has to be on board, your local sheriffs have to be on board. This is a big issue here. Yeah. It doesn't work if you don't, and if your sheriff is not on board, you can pretty much forget it. Yeah. 
Well, and that's you the, pretty much forget it. You're preaching my sermon, man. I, it's the same sermon that I've been preaching since I've been on the air. Is that the the battle? You know, forget the federal government. Forget fixing it. Forget you know people who come out making yep. fancy promises. I mean, I understand you know people wanting to support Donald Trump because they see what the alternative is. I mean, can you imagine four years of that screeching witch, Hillary Clinton? I mean, well, I think I'd go nuts. Here's something, Dick. Yeah. Here, here's something, Darren. Think about this. You look at everything that Donald Trump has talked about up until this point. You, me, John Statmiller, Farron Schoff, we could list off how many different names have all been saying the same thing that he's been saying, and we've been saying it for years. Longer. We're called the nut jobs. We're called the yeah. crazies. We're called the wacko conspiracy theorists. This guy comes along, and what he says is good as gold. Why? Because he's got a bunch of money? Yeah, but what what he says isn't as good as gold. He's being trashed, too. However, uh, the thing about him is that he's, I, I don't believe he's sincere, and in fact, I, I theorized that he's there to hand Hillary the presidency. Uh, and and honestly, well, he he's flip flopped. Of, he's flip flopped on every in, issue. In, absolutely, you can't in, trust in him. In light of recent events, in light of recent events over the past month, I have seen him go back on many things that he said. Mm-hmm. You know, after this whole call, so-called. Yeah. Shooting down there in Orlando went down, yep. and he made statements about he believed that if, if people had been allowed to be armed in these bars, yeah, you might have had people die, but it wouldn't have been near as bad. And then when he gets called on it, well, I, I meant armed security. Mm-hmm. Well, there was armed security. Yeah, exactly. What, what Donald Trump worked. is doing is the same thing every other politician does. He's wetting his finger with his mouth holding it to the wind and see which direction the wind's blowing. Yep. That is not the kind of leader, and I hate to use this terminology either, but we don't need leadership in this country like that. We need people who are real leaders who will stand strong in defense of the Constitution and the rights of the people and say, you know what, people, here's the reason why the Second Amendment is important. Instead of playing down, playing to the stupidity, instead of playing to the ignorance of the American people, why doesn't he use his bully pulpit to stand up and educate them as to what the Constitution is about and the reason why we have a Second Amendment? But he won't do that. And he's got yeah, the power. He's got the money to buy the media time. He doesn't need... Listen, federal elections, their ads can't be censored. We've talked about this here. They can't censor his ads. This guy has, is a billionaire. He can buy all kinds of advertising time on various stations and some of the biggest stations in the country. Why isn't he doing it? Because he he's could. a fraud. He's a fraud. Sorry. Sadly, I'm inclined to agree. Sadly, I'm inclined to agree with you because I've seen him flip flop on too many issues this past month, and this is, you know, this this Orlando shooting thing is just the latest one. And you know, he and almost a big had one. me convinced. Yeah, that's he a big one. He almost had me convinced. I, I'll, I'll confide something to you. As with everybody else, he couldn't help himself. I'll confide something you know? to to you and the listening audience. Ever since he's been running, despite what I say. I have still felt myself uh, inclined and, and, and secretly wishing, hoping that he, he, he gets it instead of Hillary. Because I understand what Hillary's all about. 
And and even though I know Trump isn't genuine, I don't want Hillary. And and and, and the problem oh God, no. the problem is is that we have to realize it's a rigged choice. It is a rigged choice. In fact, the elections are rigged. So you're not going to succeed if you're going down the road of trying to fix the federal government. The only hope you have, and and this goes back to your earlier conversation, the only hope we have is working on it on a local level and a state level. If we don't get it there, we're gone. We're done. We're toast. Stick a fork in it. So I'm sorry, but that's – I'm not going to water down the truth. That's the way – that's the truth. And that's why I – and that's why I said I am in favor of every single state starting its own secession movement, getting everybody on board, state legislatures, governors, local sheriffs, getting everybody on board. Every state secede. We do away with because if, if we can get at least, if we get at least one-fourth of the states to secede, we can start over and we can tell the federal government to go pound sand. Well... Maybe we but should. We get... have to have enough states willing. We have to have enough states willing to do this, and enough will, people willing to put it on the line to make it happen. Well, I wish I could get a hold of Edwin Vieira and get him back on the show and talk about this because I think this is very important. But Art, thank you so much for your call, sir, and I appreciate what you're Hi, doing man. there. Yeah, everyone. You take it easy, buddy. All right, folks, uh, you're welcome to call in one eight four four six four six eight three seven six. That's one eight four four six four six eight three seven six. Another caller on the line. Uh, hello, caller. Who do we have here? Oh, it's me. Hey, hey, John. How you doing? John. Yeah, I'm doing well. Listen, uh, good to hear Art. I'm in agreement. But what people don't realize, Darren, so many uh, the European Union they did not give up their nations, their nationhood when they entered into that union. Isn't it amazing? If you tried to say that they were all part of the United Nations of Europe or the United European Nations under one uh, umbrella, like people believe the United States is, there would be a war in Europe. They understand their national sovereignty. How many people in America truly understand that the United States is a nation of independent nations? And Europe is allowing them, supposedly, to secede from their union. America, the land of the free and the home of the brave, said no, and we fought a war over it because they didn't want to allow it. Now, what I think is happening in Europe, and you may you may disagree with me, is that they're coming to a point where they're, where they're going to let them secede, and then there's going to be one man come in, and they're going to they're going to go well the european union did more but maybe the idea of a international global union of nations will work and they'll bring them all under one one government globalization will be complete the united states will be included in it yeah well, what do you I, think i i think what you said earlier about uh they didn't give up their country when they joined the european union I want to start there because I disagree with you on that. I think when you did when they joined the European Union, they most certainly did give up their country to the extent that they gave up the sovereignty to be able to make decisions on their own and and to see, you know, basically uh gave that away to Brussels. 
you know. Uh, the, the European Commission makes the decisions for the people, and they agreed to allow all these foreigners in. They agreed to a whole lot of things that the European Commission is making their decisions for them. So what I see this vote as being is the majority of the people there are have said, you know what, uh, I don't like it, somebody else making decisions for me, uh, and now I want to take it back. I want to reestablish our country uh, and our country's ability. And, and, and so I just don't think, you know, by, by doing this vote, I, I hear things from the establishment. Well, let me just uh, let me just go ahead and play you. I was going to do this later on in the uh, in the show. Let me play you the uh, resignation speech from David Cameron. Listen to what this scumbag has to say. The British people have voted to leave the European Union, and their will must be respected. I want to thank everyone who took part in the campaign on my side of the argument, including all those who put put aside party differences to speak in what they believed was the national interest. And let me congratulate all those who took part in the Leave campaign for the spirited and passionate case that they made. The will of the British people is an instruction that must be delivered. It was not a decision that was taken lightly, not least because so many things were said by so many different organisations about the significance of this decision. So there can be no doubt about the result. Across the world, people have been watching the choice that Britain has made. I would reassure those markets and investors that Britain's economy is fundamentally strong. And I would also reassure Brits living in European countries and European citizens living here that there will be no immediate changes in your circumstances. There will be no initial change in the way our people can travel, in the way our goods can move, or the way our services can be sold. We must now prepare for a negotiation with the European Union. This will need to involve the full engagement of the Scottish, Welsh and Northern Ireland governments to ensure that the interests of all parts of our United Kingdom are protected and advanced. But above all, this will require strong, determined and committed leadership. I'm very proud and very honoured to have been Prime Minister of this country for six years. I fought this campaign in the only way I know how, which is to say directly and passionately what I think and feel, head, heart and soul. I held nothing back. I was absolutely clear about my belief that Britain is stronger, safer and better off inside the European Union. But the British people have made a very clear decision to take a different path. And as such, I think the country requires fresh leadership to take it in this direction. I will do everything I can as Prime Minister to steady the ship over the coming weeks and months. But I do not think it would be right for me to try to be the captain that steers our country to its next destination. This is not a decision I've taken lightly, but I do believe it's in the national interest to have a period of stability and then the new leadership required. There is no need for a precise timetable today, but in my view we should aim to have a new Prime Minister in place by the start of the Conservative Party conference in October. So there, there is the speech, 
at least the high points of it. Uh, and I noticed in what I was wanting to bring up from that, did you hear the part where he said something to the effect of there's going to be a negotiation with the European Union? Basically negotiating the terms of the departure. Now that's, to me, very important because what the devil is always in the details. What's going to be the terms of the departure? You know, now we're hearing things, at least the last I knew, unless the story's changed since le- since looking, because this thing is very fluid. But they're saying that the European Union is suggesting that, no, uh, we can't wait. Uh, you know, a lot of the British people, the British officials, politicians over there are saying that... Uh, well, it's going to be it's going to be a couple of years. It's going to be a while. You know, they're trying to reassure the market. Uh, you know, of course, the uh, the European uh, you know the banking system over there uh, is is making comments, trying to uh, Bank of England. They're trying to say that uh, you know, trying to settle down the markets and everything by saying that well, nothing's going to change right away. Uh, people that are living you know abroad because there's a lot of people from Britain, uh, living some elsewhere in the in, in Europe, in the European Union. And keep in mind, with all these trade agreements, one of the things that these trade agreements facilitate, the, the whole nature, the whole purpose of these trade agreements is to uh, to have the free flow of, of, of goods and services as well as people, human capital. Uh, you know, and that's what they call it, human capital. Your capital to these to these people. But these international trade entanglements that the whole purpose is is to have the free flow of everything you know it, it essentially drops the borders and in fact that's the that's the purpose so you got people living in in Europe that are from Britain people from uh Britain living elsewhere in Europe and they've come to rely upon having an open system where everyone is free to move about freely from one place to the other. And so they're trying to reassure them that hey, nothing's going to change right away. It's it's all going to going to be it's going to take a while before the actual withdrawal is. We're going to have a slow removal and 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 the European Union is saying no. No, you got to get out now. So it makes you wonder if that's if the plan isn't chaos. And and that's exactly what I was saying, Darren. Is that it, it's going if they if they force it to happen, you know, quickly, it's going to bring economic turmoil. The, the, the economies are going to collapse, and and people are going to. Unfortunately, it's going to be a global union. I believe that's coming so quick, people's heads are going to spin. Well, and that's going to be their answer. Well, we it's not fair that. Uh, ten nations in Europe, or however many were involved in the EU, it's going to be worldwide. They're going to try to get two hundred plus nations involved in the, in the union. Make no mis- no no mistake about it. It's not even about uh, the, an economic union. It's not what the uh, European Union was about. It was about a union of nations mm-hmm. setting us up for a global a global union, a one world governmental system. Yeah, we've got the uh, Dow Jones was down 610 points yesterday, uh, which which only amounted to 3.39%, but it's still a significant drop. Uh, S&P was down 75.91, which is 3.59%. Uh, 
the NASDAQ dropped 202 points uh, to close 4.12% down. You know, and there's it's just a lot of red, a lot of red on the board. You know, and but you know, gold. I think I think the metals were up, uh, and and the futures for metal metals were up. Um, and I don't worry too much about the markets anymore because I've learned markets do do what markets do. They're notoriously volatile, and they certainly don't like uncertainty. But uh, the question is. What's going to happen if things keep going the way they are? And um, the chaos, you know, it's almost like there, it makes me wonder if what we're going to have here, John, is the disaster that we've been predicting. And in fact, uh, they're going to turn around and say, see, this is what happens when you try to go it alone. It's they have to convince people that globalism is the answer, man. They have to convince people. You know, you've got to give up your sovereignty today. Nobody can go it alone. Well, if it wasn't for the idea of globalism, Darren, the way that they have manipulated and, and managed their markets, if it wasn't for globalism, the financial system of the world would have collapsed because, like any other pyramid scheme, when when people aren't coming in, when you run out of a base of suckers coming into your game, mm-hmm. it falls. Yep. So, you know, when, when the United States or Britain or Germany or France have participants in their country and their economies were able to grow, they, they could use a crummy, uh, funny currency, you know, a, a French franc or a German mark or a pound in the United States using dollars. But eventually your debt out, outweighs your production, and now you got to go somewhere else and get a, and get them people to come play your pyramid game. So it's globalism, bringing everyone in the world into a system, and the nations that that are are in uh, dire straits economically, like the nations in Africa and South Africa and Zimbabwe. Well, what do you got to do? You got to bring them up, drop the other people, bring us all down to a level field, and and let the the game kind of reset and let that pyramid game go on again until it comes to a point where it's top-heavy and the house of cards falls and people say, well, it really was a poker game at a fat man's kitchen table. But instead of chips or money, they were playing with human lives. They had human capital on the table. Yep. And eventually it'll fall apart and they'll, you know, if, if, if we continue to even suck air into lungs, They'll say, well, we, we ruined it. What do we do now? I'll be here next week. We'll just call the currency something else. We'll start over. I mean, that's the way I look at it. It's a, it's a Ponzi scheme, and globalism is a way to get more people to come onto your airplane or to get into your pyramid. Yeah. Well, the, and they're, they're all the stories. They're uh, center blocks right now because they know it's about ready to fall. Well, you know, the Bretton Woods Agreement know, and the you, others wanted to fall. What you said earlier about uh, if it wasn't for globalism, the whole system would have collapsed is very profound, John, because you're absolutely right on the money. As much as I hate globalism, uh, and I think it's the scourge of the earth, uh, it's very obvious that the Bretton Woods system was the only reason why they've been able to keep this Ponzi scheme going. At, you know, I think that's what you just 
basically were saying or alluding to. Uh, well, I, I was saying it, and I would have been saying, Darren, is that if they let it fall, if they let nation economies fall, like supposedly the natural occurrence in 1929, there's been depressions and collapses throughout the world for all time. If they let it happen, people get back and it resets, and they and they go on, and the economy grows, or they come to to learn, hey, we got to have honest money. Honest money works. Funny money, no paying debt with debt doesn't work, just like Grandma and Grandpa said. And even our Constitution says it's illegal to use anything other than silver or gold to pay debts. But we're paying debts with green debt paper. Mm-hmm. And no one seems to have, no one in government and no one on national-wide talk shows and no one in, in a position to get the word out seems to have any care for it. And they call themselves constitutional patriotic Americans. Donald Trump, he knows his money is a lie. Yeah, you, you, you know a lot of, uh, you listen to a lot of mainstream talk radio, right? Well, as much as I listen, they won't let me talk. Well, you have, yeah. <laughs> okay, let me ask you a oh, question. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. How many of these characters, how many of these clowns, maybe I should say, have you ever heard mention the term Bretton Woods? Bretton Woods Agreement, Bretton Woods System, anything having to do with the petrodollar and how it has to be propped up with wars and regime change? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.